banks. The remains of a warehouse which burnt to the ground in Newport Pagnell are still smouldering this morning. Investigators are trying to establish what caused the fire at the Lieber building. Philip Harris, who lives right next to the site, says it'll be some time before things are back to normal. There's a pretty acrid smell coming from what's left. There is like a, a, a dead, wet, damp fire smell that you can uh, that fills the air at the moment. It's not too bad as long as we keep the windows um, closed and it doesn't filter into the house. The emergency services and members of the public are searching for a three-year-old boy who's been missing for around 24 hours. Mikhail Kular hasn't been seen since his mother put him to bed in Edinburgh on Wednesday evening. The trial of a man accused of murdering 63-year-old Thomas Baird in Hemel Hempstead will resume today. 32-year-old James Carbutt has admitted to killing Thomas Baird but says it was in self-defence. More from Richard Williams. Asked why he ended up killing him, James Carbot told a jury because I thought he was going to kill me. He went on to say he felt terrible and really sorry for the family and that every day he prays for God's forgiveness. On starting the fire, he said it was wrong and there was no excuse. The prosecution asked how did petrol get on Thomas Baird? Carbot replied it must have spilt accidentally. He denied Mr Baird was alive when he lit the fire because he was still. Carbot of Epping Green pleads not guilty to murder. The case continues. The government has announced it's planning to build the first ever secure college for young offenders with a clear focus on education. It'll be built in Leicestershire and be run by a head teacher. The Standing Committee on Youth Justice, which campaigns for alternatives to custody, described the plans as gimmicky repackaging of a costly and broken system. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy and prolonged, with a high today of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. I'm not going to do the menu this morning. Catherine Boyle's going to do it for you. Catherine, oh, what's on the show today? Good. I'm glad you asked. You know the Luton busway that car drivers were going on because they said they didn't know it was just for buses? Yeah. Well, the one the council said they shouldn't go on because there were clear signs that said they shouldn't and they were just ignoring them because they were chances. I know the one. Well, they've put another sign up. Oh. A really big lit up one. Which oh. Makes you kind of wonder whether the signs were clear enough in the first place. And maybe the people who got stranded were just confused and not arch criminals like Lex Luthor in a car. We'll give this subject a thorough probing this morning. Honestly, mostly because we haven't got... There's nothing else else happening. There is no news in the three counties this morning. Honestly, I don't know if it's good or bad. There is nothing happened at all. Is that good? It must be good that there's, you know, no one's been killed or anything like that. So that's good news. But bad news for us. I'm sure we're missing something. Well, I have been out on the streets asking very serious questions. Oh... Uh, um, hang on, let me just do this. Across beds, yeah. hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'd forgotten about that. So what? remind me what... So you wanted me to go out onto the it. streets yes. and get people's general feelings of life, how they are, what Big news stories thinking. of the day. Big news stories yep. of the day. Put it to the people that we meet in the streets to find out what our listeners really think about these things. Yeah. You've done that? Yeah. Brilliant. We'll listen to that a little bit later on. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Uh, And the only reason we're playing that is because there is no news today. There's no news. We may have to get... um, um, What's that... What's his name? Scoins? No, the other one, the blonde fella. Tony Fisher. No, the the one with... um, Ewan. Ewan Duncan. No. 
The one that smokes Richard all the Williams. tabs. No, the um, Dealey. Justin. We may have to get Justin to tell us his story about sitting next to George Michael. Oh, yeah. Several times. Yeah. Let's I play a song. Maybe someone will phone in with something. OK. 08459 455 555. Call me now. Please. We're, we're desperate. Seriously, we have... The only story we've got this morning is about a sign about a bus. We're going to be doing that in a second. So, so, if you've got anything, anything for us to go on, I know it sounds desperate, because we are 08459 455 555. Meanwhile, back to that bus sign. Now, if you remember back in November, we told you about car drivers coming a cropper on the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. Bus drivers were concerned that someone was going to be seriously hurt if something wasn't done to keep cars off the track. Well, Catherine Boyle joins me. Now, Catherine, this got a lot of reaction last time we talked about it. It did, mostly because there were two different, very opposing views. The listeners were telling us one thing and the powers that be were telling us another. We heard from the bus drivers about people doing ridiculous things like changing tyres on the busways if it was a lay-by. You know, and people coming off and, and hitting the side barriers. Also, there are sand traps there, so if mm. you do chance your arm and go on the busway, you're um, going to burst your tyres. So the busway, it was a, it was annoyance for the bus drivers and they were afraid that something an, a serious accident was going to happen. But also we heard from a number of motorists who'd found themselves on the busway completely by accident, completely innocent. Some said they just didn't see the signs. Others told us they'd followed their sat-navs. So we sent Tony Fisher to test the theory. Right, pulled over on Midland Road behind the station in Luton. I've uh, set the sat-nav to go to Dunstable. Uh, I'm now going to start the engine, go down Midland Road, 
come to the traffic lights and we have to turn left anyway and see if it then asks me to turn up the guided busway. So we've come up now to the turn left. The nice lady's telling me to turn left. I have no other way of turning. Lights are red. Right, lights going yellow, green. We're off. A lot of traffic. Right, we're now going under the railway bridge. About to cross the guided busway. Now turn right. It's telling me to turn right. It's telling me to turn Please right. Turn left in it's telling me to turn right. It's telling me to turn right down the guided busway. It just told me to turn right down the guided now busway. Go straight on. And now it's going to take me round the ring road and all the way round. But it did tell me to turn right down the guided busway. That is astonishing. It didn't look like it was going to do that on the map, but it did tell me to turn right. I think there's confusion at that point. I think the traffic system has changed, and perhaps you can turn right down, a, down another road, not necessarily down the busway, but it's telling you to go down the busway. That's astonishing. Uh, I'm now shocked. We can't turn around and do it again, but it's now telling me to go around the ring road. But that is astounding. That's astounding. So it was telling Tony to turn right, wasn't it? It told him to turn right. Right, I thought so. told I, him to turn right. I got that. He was astonished. If you're not familiar with the town, you're going to be relying on your sat-nav. Yeah. If you don't know that there's a guided busway there and it's telling you to turn right, you might turn right. That didn't wash with Luton Borough Councillor Dave Taylor when we talk, talked to him back in November. He suggested there was no confusion, just people pushing their luck. I, I am concerned. I mean, there have been some incursions and it's disappointing that people choose to ignore um, the signage. Um, I'm not sure how a sat-nav will gu guide them up the busway. Um, it's difficult to conceive how that can happen. Um, because you have to be paying attention. I mean, the sat-nav is, is supposed to be a guide, and I'm just wondering if they're the same sat-nav that drive people over cliffs and into rivers. And also Lindsay Frostick from the Arriva Bus Company runs one of the routes along there. Also suspected people were ignoring the signs. You have to completely ignore a lot of signs to get onto the busway. You have to ignore four-foot lettering in the road. You have to ignore a sign saying car traps, and then actually drive over the car trap as well. Mm. Now, a lot of that you wouldn't do accidentally. But there's been a development. Yeah, this feeling that people just get used to it and stop chancing their arm, thinking that they could use the busway like a bus lane, as some people do illegally. The council's put up one of those illuminated digital signs at the entrance to the busway. Oh, it yeah. reads, great big letters, no entry. It's like one of those signs that you get at outside festivals and things. They can be moved around. Now, remember, they told us the existing signage was perfectly adequate. You couldn't, they couldn't help it if drivers ignored them because they weren't paying attention or because they were doing it on purpose. So what's changed? That's the question we're asking today. Justin's going to be down there later this morning and we will be speaking to Ariva and Dave Taylor in the next couple of hours. OK, very exciting stuff. Thank you very much for, uh, for that, Catherine. 08459 455555.
the best concerts I ever went to was um, five years ago, maybe five years ago, December, New York City, New York City, just before Christmas, and we booked tickets to go and see uh, Ronnie Spector at BB King's. It was awesome. We were sat on the front. It was you had little tables. It was a weird kind of restaurant sort of bar gig place. And we were sat on a table right by the stage, leaning on the stage. How did she make the sound, though? Because the wall of sound was, you know, overlaid. She had a massive band. And she came out, she did all the Ronettes hits, and those are 60 stuff. And then she disappeared. And then she came out dressed as a sexy Santa and did, oh. did pretty much the full Christmas album. Brilliant. It was wonderful. Man, she can sing. 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Starting in Aylesbury, the A41 heading east, that's away from the town centre. It's closed between New Road and the Woodlands roundabout after an accident earlier and fuel has been spilt onto the road so that needs to be cleaned up. In Aston Rowan, Chinna Road is still flooded. That's closed from the A40 towards Chinna. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 616, it's Friday the 17th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. If I just click on the right button, there it is. Signs have been put up at the Luton and Dunstable busway to stop motorists driving onto it. Labour wants to break up Britain's high street banks. In sport, England are playing Australia in Brisbane. The weather today, sunny spells and scattered showers. Coming up... Coming up... Not a lot. We ain't got much. We ain't got much at all. We're desperate for news. Nothing has happened in the last 24 hours in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. So 08459 555. Kelly Betts. We could play a really long song. Um, What's the longest one we've got in the system? Uh, American must Pie. Be hey Jude or something. Hey, there's, there's one longer Seven than... minutes. Let's have a little look. I'm just going to go like that. Hang on. Let's have a look. We'll, fi- we'll find a long song and yeah. that'll, fi- that'll fill in a bit of time. Thanks, Kelly. Okay. Good suggestion. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from nine, Justin Dealey with three hours of great songs and great memories. Philip says here on the text, I saw the Everly Brothers at the Bletchley Leisure Centre. Playing your requests. From the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Tom says, uh, you play some great tracks today. You haven't played one that I didn't like. Justin Dealey. We had our listener votes earlier as well. Well, The Who, they won it. Well, very soon we're going to hear from Marcy Wilde, but up first, the American guitarist, Dwayne Eddy. Justin Dealey. Every Saturday morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Jude. Don't make it bad Take a sad song And make it better Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start To make it better Hey Jude Don't be afraid Yeah. 
Twitter. Alan Robert Booth says it's Friday and I've just got up. Any good? It's the best so far, Alan. There is no news today. No news apart from an illuminated bus sign. Nothing has happened in Beds, Hearts and Bucks in the last 24 hours. Honestly, all we have, we've got two stories, one of which we've ditched. We've kept the illuminated bus sign story. That's how desperate we are. We ditched the one about a pharmacy having a sign that it's now taken down. That story's gone. You won't be hearing that story today. 
And I'm saying story with very, very small letters there. So if you've got anything, 08459 455 555, call me now, please. We're playing Hey Jude by the Beatles because it's the longest song we have on the system. That's why. Right, time for a song. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song. No, I'm told we can't do that. So let's go to Justin Dealey instead. Morning, Justin. Hey, good morning, boss. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Yes, very well. You? Um, we, we've got no news. Yes, I've heard. There is no news. <laughs> There's no news. Yeah, now, after seven, I'm going to look at a sign. I, yeah, I know. That's, yeah. the, that's the lead story. Yes. Is Justin Dealey goes to a sign. But mm. if anyone's got any better ideas, yeah. we could send him there. That's, that's, that's it, you mm. see. This Dial is Dealey. 08459 Call us now, please. <laughs> uh, in some ways, it's a good thing, Justin. It means nothing's happened in beds, hearts and bucks. That's well, fine. Something happened to me last night. I had dinner in a restaurant. Ah, wow. It gets, be- it gets better. Go on, tell us, better. tell us one. Yes, somebody came in from the outside and they had all the freedom of a certain area what? of this restaurant. Yes, Are you talking about slaves again? No. <laughs> that person being George Michael. Hey, come Tropicana, drinks are free. Yes. Fun and laughter, there's enough for, for everyone. everyone. Oh, that's missing. How did we ever think he was straight? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how did we ever? How were we fooled? He's uh, very short. He's tiny, isn't mm. he? Yeah, but I couldn't believe it. There I was in St Albans, minding my own business. George Michael comes walking past me, uh, sits down, and uh, has dinner. It was very exciting. Well, well let's let's get to the uh, meat and two veg. What did he eat? Um, I wasn't quite looking at what he was eating. I was more interested in his leather jacket and the glasses. Oh. Yeah, leather jacket, very nice glasses. Pretty good as well. I'd say seven out of ten. Sunnies or um, um, no. spectacles? But they, they were kind of normal glasses that made to look like sunnies. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. It makes it, literally no sense you know what whatsoever. what pop stars do. They wear weird glasses that look cool. That's I, George Michael. I once went, when I lived in uh, North London, uh, uh, I lived in Highgate, in fact. I did live in Highgate, and which is where George Michael lived, lives, used to live, maybe, maybe will live again, I don't know. Mm. And I went into an all-bar one on a Sunday morning, right, and there was no one in it apart from these two blokes, right? And, it's, but, and I went and sat on the table next to these two blokes. Yeah. And I went, oh, oh, flipping it, it's George Michaels, isn't it? (laughs) And this is when I was doing um, a very naughty TV show. And he looked at me, leant over to his mate, he was with, maybe his manager, I don't know, and went... And they got got up and walked to another table. No. Yeah, I caused George Michael to get up and walk to another table with his manager. Yeah, but he recognised you. Exactly. What a great comp. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Brilliant. So this, this morning, out of sheer desperation, Justin, we're asking, have you ever, not you, because we know you have, mm. have you ever sat next to a famous person ever in your life? It's a good phone, I think it'll work. Uh, I think it'll fly. I don't think we'll get any on this. No, I think it'll fly. You reckon? Yes. So 08459 four double five five double five. And what did you have to eat, Just? I had steak. Oh. You need, I'm a steak man. Listen, you can't go to a restaurant without having a decent piece of juicy steak. You can, you, well, you can. No, you can't. Well, you, you, if you go to a Pizza Express, you won't get a steak well, there. That's true, but I wasn't you, in the Pizza Express. Do you have your steak bloody? Um, I have it medium, so some blood, yes. How, this is what I don't understand. We talked about vegetarianism and, and, and possibility of ditching it this week. How can you eat food that's got blood on it? But that's how just can a, you not? 
Well, no, but that's just even more of a reminder of, of where it's come from. Listen, I respect you for being a vegetarian. Thank you, mate. Okay, I do respect you for it, but personally, I couldn't do it. I would love to be a vegetarian, but... <laughs> but <laughs> what does that mean? No, I would love to, because I think, you know, what I'm doing, sitting down and, and having a piece of meat, eating that, I think technically that is wrong, but I couldn't survive on cheese on toast for the rest of my life. That's not... That's not all vegetarians eat. What cheese do you eat, then? Uh, pizza. Well, that's cheese on toast, okay, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pasta. Right. Um, oh, uh, um, uh, stuffed peppers with rice and tomatoes. How boring is that? What? You see, that's why I'll be eating cheese on toast forever. Justin Daly, thank you very much indeed. He's off to see a bus sign, unless, unless you can come up with something better. So this is serious. We've got nothing today. Nish, nada. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. See, the big flaw with trying to convert Justin Dealey to be a vegetarian is that he doesn't like vegetables. Oh, he's one of those, isn't he? My yeah. dad was the same. They d- don't eat the vegetables. A lot of them are long, you see. Yeah. Immediate problem. For oh, Justin. they're, they're the, the phallic. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what it boils down to. It always does. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Aylesbury, the A41 heading east away from the town centre has now been reopened after an earlier accident. Quiet so far on the major routes this morning, but there is a lot of surface water out there showing up on the cameras. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. Large illuminated no-entry signs have been put up on the entrance to the Luton and Dunstable busway. It follows complaints that motorists were driving onto the route, which is only for buses. Labour says it will break up some of the main high street banks and create more competition in the market if it wins the next election. In a speech today, Ed Miliband will also say he will cap the bank's market share. Members of the Public and Emergency Services in Edinburgh are still searching for Mikhail Kular. The three-year-old boy has been, has been missing for more than 24 hours. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and showers, some of them heavy, with a high of 10 Celsius. Under sport and in cricket, in Brisbane, the England team looked to build a winning total in the second one-day international against Australia. A short time ago, England were 202 for five. On to football, and Watford will be without Marco Cassetti for tomorrow's championship match at Bournemouth. He has a knee injury, which could mean that Fitz Hall keeps his place in defence after impressing in the FA Cup win midweek. MK Dons play Bristol City on the road tomorrow. The Robins are second from bottom of League One. MK Dons manager, Carl Robinson. Yes, and he's a great footballer. I'd love to have him back. Um, I tried to see if he could come back and come on loan if he wasn't too happy, but uh, he's very happy at Bristol and he's, he's scoring goals and he's a, a constant threat for them. He knows what I think of him. He knows where, what I, how talented I think he is. We have the utmost respect for Sam. We've got to be conscious of him for the 90 minutes on Saturday. Also in League One, Stevenage will aim to follow up their midweek league win as they welcome Notts County to the Lamex. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers take on local neighbours Oxford. Luton's new loan signing, 18-year-old Norwich midfielder Cameron McGeehan, will be in the Hatters squad for Saturday's home game with Wrexham, along with Crystal Palace teenager Ryan Innes. Hatters boss John Still was asked if there's any interest in his players. Yes, interest. Um, as at the moment, I've not had a player ever mentioned wanting to go and if there's interest at all and as a club 
you know, I think our stance is quite clear. Our only interest is putting the best players that we can on the pitch. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's her. Hello. We'll be doing the papers after this. Hey, Jude. No, we can't. I'm sorry, we can't. I'm I'm, I'm tempted, but I can't. Sean's called in. Sean's in Northampton. Sean, have you got some really big news for us to follow today? I have, really, yes. Um, It was uh, your part about um, celebrities. Um, About two or three years ago, I did a, a security job and um i was in the posh toilets around the back of the stage yeah and i was i am um, had to had, had a wee and then i went and washed my hands and i looked up in the mirror and alice cooper was putting his makeup on next door to me oh fantastic yes. we'll have some of that did you and did you say anything to him no i didn't because i was like uh, looking at him and i had to rub my eyes i didn't realize it I, was him until I, like the last minute and i hope like, you rubbed your eyes after you'd washed your hands Oh, certainly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because it, I had a wee next to Davy Jones of the Monkeys once, and I made a point of having a wee next to him. Well, no, I went into the toilet. He was there. Um, spare urinal, another gentleman. Now, the toilet etiquette is in that situation. What would you do, Sean, in that situation? Where would you wee? I'd probably wee right next to him, to be honest with you. Well, th- now, if it was, as it was Davy Jones, yes, but we all know if they were just Joe Public, you'd go into the cubicle, wouldn't you? Yeah, would. Yeah. Oh, really? The toilet etiquette is if there you, you never stand next to another man at the urinal unless you really, really have to. Places you like go, you? you, you can't. You, you get uh, wee block, don't you? You just can't Shine go. Ladder. Yeah, yeah. I pretend normally. I, what that happens to me? I normally pretend that I've done one, then go out and wait outside who's gone, then go back in. I do exactly the same <laughs> You're thing. Kidding me? I do the pretend. You are silly. I do the pretend thing. I did a thing um, yesterday. I was in the hospital yesterday. Uh, um, I need to call you Alice. Sean. And I, I, was, I was desperate to um, go to the toilet. Uh, really desperate. And I needed to use a cubicle for whatever reason. And one, it was closed because there were cleaners. The, the other one, it was it was f- busy. And the other one I went to, and I was really desperate now, there was the urinal, that was empty. There was the cubicle, right? And so what I did was I, wait, I then thought, I can't wait in here. So I waited outside the toilet, pretending to text people on my phone, <laughs> waiting for the person to come out. But in the meantime, three other blokes went in. I was there for 40 minutes yeah. waiting to use the toilet. We don't want other people even our noises, that's the problem. It is the problem. In Japan, they have a solution to this. In some toilets, it's for ladies, in some toilets, they, um, you have a button on the toilet that plays the sound of the toilet flushing, even though it's not flushing. Listen, guys, much as I don't want to give away too many trade secrets, yes. you know putting a bit of toilet paper down there before you go could muffle the sound. No. The dead in the fall, the dead in the sound, Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do, obviously, if I ever went to the toilet. Yeah, of course. You don't. Uh, that's, what, that's why I was going to have to spend a lot of money on toilet paper, because you wouldn't use it like pom-poms and waste it. Pom-poms? George, thank you very much indeed. That's an odd technique. There is, there is a toilet etiquette, and you would never, if you've got, um, uh, if you've got three urinals and two on either side are full, you would never, under normal circumstances, use that central urinal. Wow, because I think um, with women, there just becomes a sense of sisterhood in that, oh, well, I'm going to have to come next to you. And here's the thing as well, girls, right? Uh, uh, pop and we ven- have a chat in the queue as well. At uh, pop venues, mm-hmm. right? Don't do that thing. Oh, I'm a bit tipsy. There's a big queue outside the ladies. Don't go into the men's toilets. Don't do that. That's inappropriate behaviour. We will not accept that. What if the cubicle's empty? Well, the there's men's- no men in there and there's a huge queue. Tough, tough. 
Really? Yeah, you should have been born with a winkle. Okay, we'll not do that if you're not wee in the street when you get taken short. How about that? I saw a fella coming off the M1 today uh, at Junction 10 on the, the, what do you, the, the ramp going up. Yes. Okay. And there was a car kind of sort of half in the road, half on the lay It's not a very big lay Oh, that's a terrible place to break down. I hope he's not sitting in his car. No, he wasn't. He was stood on the side of the road having a wee-wee. Really? Yes. That's very 70s, isn't it? It was, it was full on. You don't see it so much in streets anymore, but you the d- side of the road appears to be fair game. Yeah. I mean, we've well, yes, I've done that, but I wouldn't. I, and also, you don't see kids going to the toilet in the gutter anymore. That was big in the, in the 80s, wasn't it? I remember asking my next door neighbour's mum if I could wee in the grid like Simon Matthew. She said no. Oh, I didn't mean to play this. I meant to play this. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We haven't got any news today. Don't panic, don't panic, Mr Mannering. We can get through this. Ken's in Sandy. Good morning, Ken. Good morning to you. Ken, I believe you have gold that you would like to deliver to us on a silver platter. 
Absolutely. Let's hear it, boss. The paths in Sandy are an absolute disgrace. They've been like that for a long, long time. And after me sending, I sent emails to Sandy Town Council and they're back on it. And someone is coming out from Central Bedfordshire next... CB. Next Friday with uh, one of the Central Bedfordshire councillors. CBC. What I plan to do, which I've notified anybody, I have got my cameraman who's going to be what? there. You've got your own cameraman? Yes, uh, a chap who does d- DVDs. What What kind of DVDs does he do, Ken? He does, uh, he does uh, all sorts of things. Oh, does he? All sorts of things. Specialists? Does he things. do specialists? I've used him... I'm using them on my campaign to show Central Bedfordshire the state of the paths. So, what, how did, discri- how bad are these paths, Ken? Very, very bad. And very, I very bad. I ring my friend Gail Sanderson oh. and told her about it. Oh, yeah. And I asked her to contact um, um, Peroni. What's his name? Mr Peroni. Roberto Peroni, yes. He did say to me, when you do the project, let me know. Yeah. Let uh, me know first. I would imagine that I've got a message from him because I'm still waiting for the message to say, OK, Ken, three counties, radio, can do something about it. Ken, listen, forget Peroni. You want the breakfast show. This is our campaign. We're having this. We'll do it, Ken. What can we do to help? And the thing is this, Hello? is that I have a lady who Ooh. recently, well, some weeks ago, yes. damaged her um, buggy. Oh, what? She, she asked me to help her. Her buggy? I contacted the local... Hello? Um, the local... Yes? Central Beverage Account. Can you hear me? No names, and it's taken weeks and weeks and weeks. Catherine. And long last... Hello? Something's going to happen. Good for you. Catherine, ever damaged your buggy? Yes, I have, but you can buy some um, quite good repair kits online. Yes. Now, the thing is this, she paid out £249 out of her own pocket. I said to her... Central Bedfordshire should pay for that, yep. and I believe they're going to, because I spoke to someone Good the other day, and I've given the receipt to the Central Bedfordshire councillor in Sandy, who is a very good councillor, yes. and he is now dealing with it. Well, Ken, let us know how your campaign goes. I appreciate the phone call. Under normal circumstances, I wouldn't, but today, thank you very much, Ken and Sandy. Excellent stuff. Have you got a news story? It's almost as good, almost as good... As a story, I'm looking in the uh, the Comet, the Stevenage edition. Now, as you know, we're a big fan of uh, local papers uh, here at BBC Three Counties Radio. We, we fully support some of them. There's one of them that I don't support because the guy that runs it is a Muppet. Anyway, it's not fair, says Pensioner, in eight-month battle for £4.80 bus ticket refund. A pensioner has been locked in a battle with Hertfordshire County Council, HCC, to get a refund on a bus ticket for the past eight months. Norman Hill of Lancaster Road, Hitchin, was forced to buy a £4.80 day ticket in May after there were delays with renewing his senior citizen's bus pass. Give this man his £4.80 back, for goodness sakes. Disgusting behaviour from Hertfordshire County Council there, taking this £4.80 off this man. Then you go to the last paragraph. We're sorry this has taken so long, says HCC. We're working with the gentleman in question to get this sorted. As- Just give him a fiver! Give something- here, here you go, man. Here you go. Do you mind changing? Oh, there you go. There's, there's five quid. That's all you've got to do. Sort it out. Otherwise, I'll pay it to him myself. There's something here on page seven. I saw it online a couple of days ago, but it's, it's an interesting one. An image of a man who has been released by police who wished to speak to him in connection with an attempted oh, burglary. Yeah, this is good, this. The picture was taken by a resident in Shillington, Hillside Close, following an attempted burglary in the road on Friday, January the 10th. The man pictured was coming down the drive. 
Now, it, you know, to be honest, he's, he's not doing himself a great... If he's just innocently, I don't know, putting flyers through or whatever, yeah. he doesn't look... He's doing like, that thing where he's pulled his coat up to just below his mouth, so it's but, all it's covered is his chin. Which but I don't his think, nose and eyes, which are quite... I don't think chins hair. are the most... The, whenever you hear a description of a wanted person, they never start with the chin, do no. they? The chin is very rarely mentioned in those descriptions. No. I tell you what I miss. What do you miss? Um, police five, keep them peeled. Uh, the photo fits used to get in the 70s. Now it's all computer generated. They, they, they went through a thing in the 90s of artists where you would, they would have like a book where they would flick over the eyes, then you'd flick over the nose, then you'd flick over the mouth. And it would just be the most random looking criminal in the world. I miss those guys. I miss those crooks. But even now, if you saw those people on the photo fits, you'd know about it because they yeah. don't look like ordinary people. No, they? they look like um, perverts. <laughs> they do look like perverts, <laughs> don't they, really? There was a theory in Victorian times that you could tell a criminal or a wrong one just by their faces, that people looked What was that called? What was, um, th- there was a name for that. What, what was, well, phrenology was the head. Was your bumps on your the head. The bumps on the head, wasn't it? You could get a phrenologist's head. Is it physiognomy? Is it something like that? Physiognomy, it could be. It could be. I remember in Carry On Constable, one of the police officers, um, maybe the one played by Kenneth Connor, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> that was it. Was that Kenneth Connor? <laughs> I think so. Every time a dolly bird went past. Um, Kenneth Connor believed in physiognomy. Did he? In that film, oh, right. not in real life. Handy, f- handy, wasn't it, if you were a policeman who just yeah. couldn't be bothered to do any work? Well, they, but let's be honest, the police kind of believe in a physiognomy now. Do you think? Yeah, whether you're black or white. That's, that's what a lot of... That's, oh, I went for it. Well, that's what a lot of them believe, isn't it? Isn't it? Is that from, no? uh, well, that has been argued. It has been argued. Not by us, not the view of the BBC. Not the view of the BBC, of course, but in terms of stop and search. You've got time for one more. Would you take a drug that wipes away the bad memories? Yes. Have you ever seen that film, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yes. I haven't, and I wouldn't. You haven't seen the film? You should, it's good. No, no, well, it was Jim Carrey, and I wasn't into Jim Carrey It's a at the good time. Jim Carrey. Good, I might, have, I might give it a go. Scientists are creating a drug to wipe out bad memories, oh. like in that film. Helps to replace painful recollections with happy ones, giving hope to PTSD sufferers. Oh. I can see how that works. Yeah. I can see how that works. But if it were to go more widespread, would you take it? I would totally take it and get I rid wouldn't. of the last 45 minutes. Oh, I was going to say, I think sometimes the bad things that happen make you a better person. I would take it in at, the end. I would take it, it time. at um, one minute past nine this morning, and just keep my fingers crossed. Catherine, thank you so much. I'm trying. I wait four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're trying. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Aston Rowan, Chinner Road is closed between the A40 and Chinner because of flooding. There's a lane blocked on the North Circular heading east. That's at the M11 Junction 4 for Woodford. Elsewhere, pretty quiet on the major routes at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's Friday the 17th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Signs have been put up at the Luton and Dunstable busway to stop motorists driving onto it. Labour wants to break up Britain's high street banks. And in cricket, a few moments ago, England were 257 for five in the second one-day international against Australia. Coming up, your stories, hopefully, because we haven't got... Elizabeth! Excuse me, hello. I beg you, sorry? 
Uh, I, just, I just sneezed. Oh, we, did, we didn't hear it, but bless you. Oh, good. Uh, just, <laughs> are you, you okay? You got a cold? <laughs> no. Just, just sneezy. Me nose. Just dusty. Yeah. Dusty nose. Uh, listen, we haven't got a lot of content for the show today. Okay. So right. just take your time for the weather. I'll play the take jingle. I'll okay. play the jingle. Right. You you just <laughs> nice leisurely pace. You ready? Oh, thanks very much. Here we go. Here we go. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A very good morning to you. Well, we've got some heavy showers around. They're a little bit to the south of us at the moment. So southern areas of the three counties, across beds, hearts and bucks, of course, um, are getting quite badly hit, actually, by some of these showers. They're going to continue for much of the rest of the morning. And we've got a lot of surface water around where we've seen the showers about overnight. We've seen quite a lot of rain within a short space of time. So plenty of spray on the roads and the pavements through the morning rush hour. Now, I think that uh, most of the day should be dry most of the morning should turn out to be dry it should dry out basically and as we head into the afternoon always the risk of some showers so do take your brolly with you wherever you're going there'll be a fairly brisk southerly to southwesterly wind the risk of some showers on and off through the course of the day and then as we head into the evening rush hour there'll be further spells of rain spreading up from the south so whichever way you look at it um, yes there's going to be some more wet weather wherever you are across the three counties today now top temperatures up to eight or nine degrees it's fairly mild that's 48 in Fahrenheit. Into this evening's rush then, the risk of some further showers and then overnight tonight, more spells of rain around at times, on and off really through the night. Temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees. Into the weekend a little bit of uncertainty regarding the forecast but I really won't bore you with too many details. There will be some rain I think on and off again on Saturday so Saturday looking like the wetter day if you've got plans for Saturday then um, once again do, uh, do factor in a bit of wet weather. I think Sunday's likely to be dry and brighter. The winds are going to be very light so where we do see a few showers on Sunday they could last for quite some time and then as we head into next week uh, it's going to turn just a little bit colder I think we'll start off Monday with a little bit of mist around some frost perhaps Monday is looking dry and bright but there's going to be further Atlantic systems pushing in from the west through the course of the uh, of the well the beginning to the middle part of the week really so no end in sight to all of this wet stuff and it doesn't look like it's going to get cold anytime soon although we could see a couple of frosty mornings perhaps in the middle of the week um, through the beginning part of the week um, but certainly no snow or anything like that so it's not quite winter yet even though we're halfway through the meteorological winter shall I stop or shall I just carry on for the well, whole well, I mean, it, 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 listen you've done very well Elizabeth thank you in the next couple of hits if you want to do a song or a piece oh, of piece of Shakespeare for your showreel anything you fancy I've, I've got an idea for a phone in actually oh hey go on we'll have this what you got what colour curtain shall I buy tomorrow? Here we go. Here, here we go. This is it. This is it. What 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 room is it for? What's it between? It's in my living room, yep. right? I've got yep. these. Um, I've got some sofas that have got these kind of ro- this Roman print on it, and it's kind of brown, kind of beige, a little bit of teal in it. Yeah. And I've got grey walls. Oh, okay. So what what, what colours are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking about the teal. I'm thinking about a nice mauve, perhaps. <gasps> <laughs> Don't get mauve! Don't get mauve! Catherine, you I should... like teal, it's very sophisticated. And I like mauve too. Is teal green? Teal is like a um, a bit like this colour. It's a green. A more bluey though. Well, that's green. <laughs> what you're wearing is green. No, this is more of an emerald. I have to go and speak to Suffolk. Oh, <laughs> we'll Suffolk can wait. <laughs> Elizabeth will speak to you later on. Thank you. That's definitely a green. This is green, but what I'm trying to describe to you is this, a bit more blue in it. It's well, hang on. Gray. Don't point to something and say, this is teal, and then when I say that's green, you go, no, I mean a bit more blue. Yeah, but normal people can imagine colours. If I'm telling you the shade, the oh, hue... Oh, can they? 
Can they? Supposing if I were colour blind, that's a disability. That's almost a blue badge. Also, you know this is green. I know this is green. Are we seeing the same colour? How would we ever know? Well, we're seeing green. No, you've been told this colour's green. Okay. The way you perceive it is green. Uh, let's get Schrodinger's cat into the argument. Uh, Kelly Betts, what colour's her top? Teal. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there yeah. in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in yes, to you. Let's get some details. We'll get okay, this sorted out. The JBS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Every few days, wowzers. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Good morning, Steve. We ain't got nothing. What you got? Why? Why is it? Um, why is it people that want to buy council houses get a discount on to buy their house? If I was in a private rent accommodation and I wanted to buy it, they wouldn't give me discount. So that's unfair to all the hard workers that go the proper route, saving up get deposit and get a house. You're, why should they get, why should they get discounts? Well, it's, the, to it's, me. it's the right to buy scheme, isn't it? Which I think was introduced uh, under Margaret Thatcher's government. And I agree. Listen, I agree. I do think it's odd. But I have to lay my cards on the table. I wouldn't be living where I were living now if my parents hadn't bought their council house in 1984. Yeah, but it's still, it, it doesn't matter. It's still wrong, isn't it? You, you, you all knock up the government and everyone knocks on about, oh. you know, being fair and being fair. But everything, everywhere you turn, there's an unfairness, isn't there? Well, there, there's, that's, that's life. It is unfair, and it probably is unfair. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard for me to argue from a, a moral position that it's unfair when I personally have benefited from it. Yeah, I, I understand. Listen, we'd, we'd all do it. I'd do it. But what I'm saying oh. is... <laughs> oh, hang on a second. Right, so it's no, unfair. So you're jealous that you're not in that position no, to do it. Jealous. It's just done. It was just unfair. I was brought up right from wrong. Black and white, I'm afraid. Yeah, I know. And in my world, everything's black and white. It's either you are or you're not, but, and you, try, you stick to your principles. But you're, but you're saying you stick to your principles, Steve, but you've just said that if you had the opportunity yeah, to, to, to avoid those principles, you'd turn your back with a, a moment's notice. <laughs> and that's the, con- that's the contradiction of life, isn't it? That we all have these well, principles, but quite often... But it's still unfair. It's, it's still generally unfair to the... You know, to everything, you know, that everybody knocks on about, you know, everything's got to be fair. I don't believe anything is fair in this country or in this world, so... But nothing? It's a fairy tale. <clears throat> nothing's fair. Well, no, you, life is just life. Life just dishes up what it is. You have to deal with it as it comes along, doesn't okay, here we go. Uh, George, oh, you may have heard earlier on, Steve, Justin sat next to George Michael last night, the pop singer. Oh, what? Ever <laughs> sat next to anyone famous or had a wee next to anyone famous? Well, why are he so famous? What do people knock on? He's just the same as me and you. What, George Michael? Well, just he's human, and he, he just sings better how, than me. How many, num- <laughs> how, many number one, how many number one hits have you had? Oh, I'm a plasterer. I've loads of number ones. <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes, you mucky pup. Dearie me. Drake says uh, on Facebook, I sat next to Zoe Ball in the pie and mash shop in Selfridges. She was on the one show that evening. Fantastic. Uh, Kelly Betts, what have we got in uh, BBC Introducing, please? We have a... Oh, hang on, let's... Uh, Kelly hey. Betts, what have we got in BBC Introducing, please? We have an absolutely wonderful track. It's by Kyla Lagrange. She's from Watford. She's doing brilliantly well, and this is called Cut Your Teeth. Cut Your Teeth.
Bush filter, and then we're done. Yeah? I think it's brilliant. I, I liked it. I'm, well, I, I wasn't criticising it. I like Kate Bush. I like Kyla. Who's the best? Only one way to decide. Fight. Kate Bush. Kate, no, that was good. So tell us more about her and where we can hear more of that kind of music, please, Kelly. What I'm getting you to do is to promote the uh, BBC Introducing show, Saturday evenings, 8 o'clock, with Gary Floyd. Yes, that's right. It's with uh, Gary Floyd. It's 8 o'clock, BBC Introducing on uh, Three Counties Radio. We have live sessions. We have acoustic sessions. We have bands popping in. We play music from the area, just like the track you've heard, which is by Kyla Lagrange from Watford. Can you buy that on like, iTunes and stuff? Uh, You can soon in March is when it's available. Okay. So this is technically an exclusive... Well, She's currently recording her video for it. Oh, and um, she's hot. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
the M25. Anti-clockwise is building up around Junction 16 for the M40. It's also starting to look busy at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In Brickett Wood, heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And there is a lane blocked on the north circular eastbound. That's at the M11 Junction 4 for Woodford because cars broken down. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, all I'm saying is we're a little bit short of content this morning. If in your next travel bulletins you want to, you know, let it breathe a little, you're certainly welcome to, okay? Sure thing. Thank you. Very quiet, though. Well, don't you worry. Thank you very much. Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, coming up in the next hour of the show, a bus sign, a bus sign, it's illuminated, yeah, now you're interested, and anything else you can throw at us, please. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. New signs to stop motorists driving on the Luton to Dunstable busway. Labour plans to break up Britain's high street banks. And search continues for missing three-year-old in Edinburgh. BBC Three Counties Radio. Large illuminated, no entry signs have been put up on the entrance to the Luton and Dunstable busway. It follows complaints the motorists were driving onto the route, which is only for buses. Ewan Duncan reports. The electronic signs saying busway no entry are in place at some of the entrances to the route. Services have been disrupted after drivers have been directed onto the busway by their sat-nav, or in some cases when vehicles have been deliberately driven along it. A penalty system's in place, according to Luton Borough Council, and drivers could face a fine of up to £1,000 for ignoring the signs. The Labour leader, Ed Miliband, is promising to break up Britain's high street banks if he wins the next election. He'll say a gut Labour government would create at least two so-called challenger banks by forcing the big five to sell off branches. There would also be a cap on the size of banks. The industry has warned that a cap could mean banks ditching unprofitable customers. The remains of a warehouse which burnt to the ground in Newport Pagnell are still smouldering this morning. Investigators are trying to establish what caused the fire at the Lieber building. Philip Harris, who lives right next to the site, says it'll be some time before things are back to normal. There's a pretty acrid smell coming from what's left. There is like a, a, a dead, wet, damp fire smell that you can uh, that fills the air at the moment. It's not too bad as long as we keep the windows um, closed and it doesn't filter into the house. Members of the public and the emergency services have been searching through the night for a three-year-old boy who's been missing from his home in Edinburgh for more than 24 hours. Mikhail Kular was last seen when his mother put him to bed on Wednesday night. The trial of a man accused of murdering 63-year-old Thomas Baird in Hemel Hempstead will resume today. 32-year-old James Carbutt has admitted to killing Thomas Baird but says it was in self-defence. More from Richard Williams. Asked why he ended up killing him, James Carbot told a jury because I thought he was going to kill me. He went on to say he felt terrible and really sorry for the family and that every day he prays for God's forgiveness. On starting the fire, he said it was wrong and there was no excuse. The prosecution asked how did petrol get on Thomas Baird? Carbot replied it must have spilt accidentally. He denied Mr Baird was alive when he lit the fire because he was still. Carbot of Epping Green pleads not guilty to murder. The case continues. Councils say the recent storms have done hundreds of millions of pounds worth of damage to the road network. The local government association estimates repairs will exceed £400 million. 
Under cricket and in Brisbane, the England team looked to build a winning total in the second one-day international against Australia. A short time ago, England were 270 for five. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy and prolonged. A high today of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. An illuminated sign has been set up to stop drivers driving up the busway. That's all we've got this morning. Give us a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We haven't got a lot. The only story we've got is about uh, an illuminated sign being set up at the busway to stop people driving up it. Don't sell us short. No. We've also got Lizzie Rizzini's curtains. Correct. Yes, we're talking about Elizabeth Rizzini, Rizzini. Uh, as I got reprimanded, her curtains, she's getting new curtains. What colour should she get? You don't know who she is? Well, then, you don't listen to the weather. Weather. Uh, at uh, 13 minutes. That was the slough boy in me came out. The weather. You don't listen to the weather at 13 minutes to the hour, every hour. But Norbert on the M1 does. Morning, Norbert. Good morning. What curtains should Elizabeth Rizzini get? Um, you mean colour-wise, I suppose. Yes, I do, sir. We would need to know what colour of her floor is. We would need to know oh. what colour of the windows. Oh. Uh, the windows, the windows are through. through. Yeah, they're, they're glass, glass colour. I mean the frames. Uh, white. White, okay. The floors? Um, Let's say cream. Yeah. Floors are cream. And the wall? The wall is teal. Teal. Okay. Her house sounds like a psychedelic throw-up. And, and her sofa <laughs> is kind of neutral browns and creams. So okay. so we are definitely talking about uh, uh, warm colours, warm tone colours. Yes. What colour of your eyes, please? What? Her what? The eyes of the lady. Oh, the eyes. I've yeah. got no idea. I Why? they're brown. I'm looking at her on the telly. <laughs> I thought they were green. Hang on, let's look her up. Quick. I tell you what... Why is I... this important? <laughs> you, you don't choose curtains on the colour of your eyes, do you, Norbert? <laughs> uh, it, it depends. It can help. Design-wise. Why are you so... so um, design-wise. Design-wise. Uh, how are you so um, educated in the world of design? Myself? Yes. I'm a muralist, sir. Um, you're a nudist? Muralist. A muralist. Oh, you paint murals? Yes, sir. Well, fantastic. Wonderful. Well, let, let's assume she's got green eyes to start with. What, what, what would you then suggest? Um, last question. How many lights that room is getting oh. from, from the nature? How many lights is that room getting from the nature? Yeah, sunlight or how big the windows are. Right, I, I, I tell you what, Norbert, what we're going to do... Let's go two. Let's, no, what we're going to do, Norbert, is we, we, we haven't got the information you require. We, okay. will, we will ask her at 7.46... Okay. How, how many lights is that room getting from the nature? Mm-hmm. And then... And what colour are your eyes? Yes. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll call you back and we'll give you all the information, shall we? Yes, you can. Okay, so You're let me more just, than So let's just say, so we want to know how many lights is that room getting from the nature? Mm-hmm. I'm just jotting these questions down. Colour of eyes. Yep. Um, wall. Yep. Carpet. Correct. Anything else? Last question. What type of uh, curtain she wants? A blind out or uh, something which let light through? Okie dokie. And, and is that all you need to know, Norbert, sir? Yep, for now, yes. Norbert, for, uh, for now. <laughs> No, but we'll speak to you um, in about an hour's time. Will be my pleasure. Be, be, oh, he's good. He's hey? good. He's very good, Norbert. Thank you very much indeed. 
on the subject of ever sat next to celebrity, uh, Jill Smith says, Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell in a beachside restaurant in Skiathos, she had pork chops. Now, here's a, here's a thing. My um, wife's friend, uh, half Greek again, <clears throat> they've got a house in Skiathos. Got very nice. Skiathos is a gorgeous island, really posh. Sounds gorgeous. They've got an amazing house in Skiathos. It's incredible. Blue Reef? Um, I, I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've been there, but it's, it's, it's massive. Um, and uh, so my wife was telling me about um, how they, th- th- her friend had had a party there and um, the friends, some of the neighbours went there and there's Yorgos and there was um, uh, Greek, various Greek people and there was Goldie and there was Kurt. So I went, what? <laughs> Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell. She went, yeah, do you know them? I went, yeah, that's Snake Pifkin from Escape from New York and, and Private Benjamin. She says, oh, yeah, she said they were actors. Are they famous? It's Goldie Horn and Kurt Russell. They're fa- and they're friends with my wife's best friend. They that go makes you and- virtually friends. I'm v- I keep saying, you've got to get me into one of those do's. You've got to. I bet they're a hoot. Uh, they're, apparently, they're delightful. Absolutely delightful. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Ever sat next to a celebrity. But onto the big story of the day. A massive illuminated sign warning motorists not to use the Luton to Dunstable busway has been put up by the the Borough Council. It follows uh, incidents where drivers have been directed onto the busway by their sat-nav or where vehicles have been deliberately driven along the route. It follows uh, incidents where drivers... uh, Yes, sorry. uh, Drivers could face a fine of up to £1,000 for ignoring the signs. Justin, you're there, aren't you? I am, Ian, yes. Describe this this, uh, illuminated busway sign to me, please. Uh, That's exactly what it is. It's um, it's a big sign which says, uh, busway no entry. Uh, It's been up there, we believe, uh, for a couple of days. Uh, As you go down the road is some just behind the Galaxy Centre on the uh, corner of New Bedford Road. Now, as you come up to the busway, uh, a few signs there. A blue sign which uh, has a bus within that blue sign saying guided. Uh, we also have uh, a sign which says traffic enforcement cameras and we have another sign which says car traps. Now, I've been talking to uh, a few bus drivers this morning. They say to me on Wednesday a lorry was on the guided busway and it was then reversing back, causing all sorts of Problems. The thing is, Justin, mm. it doesn't look like the kind of road you should drive up, does it? Well, the thing is, you know, if you've got a sat-nav and your sat-nav is directing you down that road and you're busy, you don't know the area, you know, to be fair to motorists for a second here, there's every chance you may drive down that road. So bus drivers are saying to me, it is a major problem. I've also been talking to Eileen. Here's what happened. Eileen, you're somebody about to catch a bus. How often do you see cars trying to get onto the busway there? Uh, I've seen it a few times since it's gone live. Um, you sort of don't, you look and realise, look and start to say, is it actually happening? And it is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And then you're wondering where the bus, where the car's actually going to come off, and what it's going to meet on its route. I mean, the signs clearly aren't working, then, are they? No, there needs to be some kind of barrier, like a train, train station sort of barrier. You know, it stops the cars going across. Because to be fair, you know, we know the area, we know it's there, we know about the publicity surrounding it, but if you're new to the town, looking at that, it, it almost looks like a, a normal road, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just another, it's another bridge, it's a short way. So that was our island a few moments ago. After 8 o'clock this morning, we're going to be talking to Dave Taylor from Lucenborough Council. Uh, the council insisted to us, Ian, that these signs, they were sufficient. So why now are we seeing this huge illuminated sign again to warn motorists not to be driving down this busway? Justin, thank you for that. Uh, any indications that there are idiot drivers there this morning you might fancy to nip up there? Yeah, at this moment in time, I haven't seen one car try to drive down there, but as I mentioned to you earlier on, um, we've heard reports this week alone of lorries, and somebody mentioned to me a moment ago as well that they saw an ambulance.
ambulance drive what? down the busway. Yes, an ambulance. That's what somebody told me. Whether that is true, we haven't got anything to back that up, but somebody did say to me they saw an ambulance drive down the busway. It's telling me to turn right. Justin, thank you very much indeed. I'm joined now by Lindsay Frostick from the bus company Arriva. Morning, Lindsay. Morning. We've talked about this before. I can't believe people are so stupid to drive up the busway. It's obvious, isn't it? Um, I believe it is obvious, even if you're sat-nav, and I don't know how what sat-navs these are, because obviously that is a train track, that entrance, yep. rather than ever being a road, are telling you to turn up there. And even if you make the initial turn... The road ahead of you is not a road. A, it's a different colour. It's not black. Um, it clearly is very thin. Um, and there is clearly quite a lot of signage there, which even if you didn't understand what every single element means, you could read the word car traps and that would send a bit of... Car, car traps would make me think perhaps I shouldn't be going that way. Exactly. But this um, big illuminated sign, when did it go up? Um, I thought it went up yesterday, but I could be wrong. It could have been the day before. I've been out of the office for a time. And, and, and wh- whose idea was this? Has this come from the bus companies? Is it I- entirely from the council? No, it, um, the, the council has put it up. I mean, obviously, the bus companies will welcome anything that stops disruption to the services for the customers because the idea of the busway is that it's quick and you don't encounter any traffic. So having to come off is quite um, disruptive. So if it stops cars going on, then we'll welcome it. But... Uh, overall, I, I, I can't believe it was necessary in the first place, but it appears it is. Well, it, it, this is the, the question. Are we going to be talking in a week, Lindsay, because drivers have ignored this? If they've ignored the fact it doesn't look like a normal road, they've ignored the fact it's narrow and there is a sign saying car traps, I'm not confident that, the, that this sign is going to work either. Well... Then what can be done, I mean, apart from having a man there just turning people round, you can only, you know, drivers have to be responsible for their own actions. Anyone who's been on a bus or in a car, I can't imagine they'll ever do it again and would warn anyone off it because it's not that healthy for your car. You don't come off there with four tyres and um, an undamaged vehicle. So it's not something you're going to try again. But... how well, Lindsay, how well, is, how well is the busway doing? Is it, is it meeting expected targets and predictions? We are really happy with it. We're, it's ahead on what we felt was necessary to, to put the investment in, so it's well ahead of that. It's growing steadily as the um, weeks and days go on, so we're, we're really pleased with how it's performing at the moment. OK, well, listen, maybe we'll catch up soon. And just fingers, fingers crossed this is enough to put an end to, to idiot drivers. And you're right, they need to take responsibility for their own silliness. Definitely. Lindsay, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. That's Lindsay Frostick um, from uh, Arriva. There's a massive illuminated sign. Is that going to stop people? It's obviously not a road. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if uh, you want to give us a call. Uh, we're also... Listen, we haven't got a lot this morning. The lead story is there's a, an illuminated sign has been put up to stop people... Um, Going down the bus. That's, that's the lead. That's the only story we have. It, it would appear nothing has happened in beds, hearts and bucks in the last 24 hours. So, things that we're talking about. What colour curtains should weather girl Elizabeth Rizzini get? I know. Ever sat next to a celebrity? And coming up, Kelly Betts has done a vox on what would you do if you were invisible. Uh, on the texts, I had a wee next to Harry the Hornet at a Watford match once. I have the picture evidence, says Gary and Buckingham. We were talking about toilet etiquette and how if there are three urinals, the one in the middle is empty, you never go and stand in it. I would suggest taking a photograph is, is definitely one of the don't-dos. Um, Debbie 
says uh, Milton Keynes. Two weeks ago, we sat next to Phil- Paul Daniels at the barn. Central Milton Keynes. Well done. Good for you. Nick in Hitchin. News update. My new kitchen is being fitted on Monday. And Anonymous, can we discuss when exactly the good old days were? I would suggest in the period between 1976 and 1982. Really? Yeah. They were dark days, weren't they? Well, apparently Minors, problems, dogs taking themselves for walks, white uh, doggy doos. They were my... Children weaning grids. So when were the good old days then? Probably, um... You can't say the 40s. That was, you know, recession. 60s? Oh, uh, outdoor when, toilets, poverty. Only having a bath every couple of weeks. Oh. Um, yeah, but it, they were swinging, weren't they? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I think the swinging 60s, I think it was only for one week and it was in one very small street in London. When were the good old days? Right, 7.15. Alice, take your time. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things are starting to look a little busier now on the M25 anti-clockwise, which is building up around 16 for the M40. Also busy at 20 for Kings Langley in Bricketwood, heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Watford, looking on the speed sensors, Exchange Road quite busy at Upton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, that was great. You've still got a little bit of wiggle time if you want it in the next hit, OK? Thank you very much. it is uh, Friday the 17th of January I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Signs have been put up at the Luton and Dunstable busway to stop motorists driving onto it Labour want to break up Britain's high street banks In cricket a few moments ago England were 296 for 8 in the second one day international against Australia The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers Give us a call if you've got Anything? No, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. At lunchtime, I'm being let out of the studio for the first time this year. I'll be live from the Goodman Centre at Stoke Mandeville Stadium, where I'll be having a go at wheelchair basketball and telling you quite how tough it really is. Across beds, hearts and bucks. There'll be local artists popping along to tell me all about their projects and we'll have some fantastic live music from singer-songwriter Katie Buckhaven. Nick Coffer. Come down and join me at the Goodman Centre at Stoke Mandeville Stadium today from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, it's official. Nothing has happened in beds, hearts and bucks in the last 24 hours. There's been niche happening, apart from the uh, instigation of uh, an illuminated sign at the busway. That's a big sign. um... Well, that's why it's our lead. It says no entry. Don't go down this road, you muppets. It's lit up. It's electrified. So that's the lead story. We've got that covered. First 15 minutes of every hour, boom, we've got that. You can give us a call about that. I'm sure you want to. This path in Sandy is disgrace. Disgrace. That's a campaign that we have stolen from Roberto Peroni and we are taking on. Thanks, Ken. We've got clout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it, really. Elizabeth Rizzini's curtains... Ever sat next to us? You must have sat next to celebrities, Catherine. Don't mention me. <laughs> um, Noddy Holder. Oh. I went to the pub once didn't with Noddy Holder. Didn't you have a fling with Noddy Holder or did I dream we don't that? don't talk about that. OK, wow. I was doing work experience at a uh, well-known radio station yeah. and me and a number of other people were going what to the pub. What one was that? Pub. 
Key 103, Manchester. (laughs) What was Piccadilly Radio? Piccadilly Radio, yes. Um, So I was there. He was working at Magic, same building. Yep. And lovely fella. Yeah. Me, him, someone else, someone else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we went to the pub for lunch. I was a bit late. I came in. Noddy Holder shouts across the bar. Oi, Catherine, we're sitting over here. Everyone looked round. He's yeah. Nigerian, is he? I I'm, he's from... I'm with Noddy Holder. Yeah. It was a uh, probably the proudest moment of my life. Noddy Holder, one of the great underrated uh, voices in British rock. Oh, I love Noddy. Isn't he good? Baby, baby, baby! And I love that story about him going to see a well-known throat specialist in New York because yeah. he was having trouble with his larynx. And uh, they said to him, so can you just demonstrate how you s- sing? And he did. Baby, baby, baby! There's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> Lynette's in Turvey. Morning, Lynette. Morning. Now, who have you sat next to? Well, I went to the Costco a couple of years ago at Milton Keynes. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll go and grab a cup of tea. So oh, I the, sat down. Yeah. You know, they've got a funny little cafeteria The, co- the Costco supermarket? You know, the sort of wholesale place. Oh, yeah, you know, okay, yes, yes, thing. yeah, yeah. And um, I was sort of looking around, and I looked around at the very old gentleman sitting next to me on the next table. Oh, dear. And it was Mickey Rooney. Oh, really? Mickey and Rooney? He was going to be appearing in the pantomime at Milton Keynes that Christmas, which I'd got tickets for. Yeah. So I kept looking, and I thought, oh, shall I say something, you know? And I thought, yeah, I will. So I said, hello, Mickey, I'm coming to see you at uh, the pantomime in the next couple of weeks. And he went, yes, 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 and shooed me away. Mickey, little Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. He looked about 195. Well, he's looking good Lynette, for his age. I saw then. that pantomime. Did you? He was a little bit vague in it. They just pushed him on, didn't they? They did, and then, and took then him pushed off. him off and prompted him the whole way. But you know, he really—I had to do a double take because I thought Mickey Rooney having a cup of tea in this Costco cafeteria now, was like surreal. When he shooed you away, Lynette, yeah. how did that make you feel? I felt a bit stupid. <laughs> I thought, I wish I hadn't said anything. But I thought, you know, no one was taking any notice of him. And I thought, oh, I'll just say hello. He might be pleased that someone remembers after all these years who he is. My, my most crushing moment with a celebrity, I'm a huge fan of the Beach Boys. Huge fan of the Beach yeah, Boys. Yeah, me too. And a few years ago, I was at um, LA Airport, LAX, the, most, the dullest airport in the world. Yeah. And I saw Al Jardine, the rhythm guitarist in the Beach Boys. I know who he is. You, yeah. know, you know who he is. Not, not that many people would necessarily recognise Al Jardine. And I yeah. saw him, and I got all nervous. I got, oh, oh, oh it's, a, it's a Beach Boy. I've got to go and say something. And I had it in my head. I was going to pick a really obscure Al Jardine track from the 1971 LP, Surf's Up, and say... And, I, and he, was walking down, uh, he was walking down the stairs, and I stood behind him, and I went... Mr. Jardine. And I, I could see his face. He didn't know I could see his face. And what he did, I'm going to act it out for Catherine, right? He had his back to me, and I could see his face, and he went... Oh. And his <laughs> shoulders and his whole body dropped, his face dropped, and he turned and he went... Yeah, what do you want? Oh, wow. I was, I was what I now call Al Jardine. And I went... Um... I just want to say thank you for all the good music, Mr. Jardine. Put away the phone, didn't get the photo, didn't go for the autograph. Didn't. Just want to thank you for all the good music, Mr. Jardine. And I walked away, Lynette, I walked away a broken man. I know. And I was you crushed. Sort of, it's a really big deal to you that you've seen someone that's yep. been going, you know, is famous for years and years. Yep. But I must admit that day, I did think he could have said, that's nice. Yeah. And then, that's like, turned around. All it takes. He just did this hand where they, sh- he went, yes, 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 and this just 
push me away with his hand. Lynette, thank you very much for that. Okay, this this opens up. That's why I never let on to celebrities. I might see someone, like, give them the slope eyes. Let's just open this up very, very, a little bit. Have you ever been what I like to call Al Jardined? Have you ever been snubbed by a celebrity? Because it's heartbreaking. I was gutted. I thought... I know he's at an airport, and but I just thought all you had to do was go, all right, thanks a lot. So all you had to do, yeah, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, wow. dearie me, Al Jardine. I tell you what I want. I want the thousands of pounds back that I've put into your pocket that's paid for whatever trip you're going on, mister. That's what I want right now. Kelly Betts. I once um, was in Paul Weller's way. And was he rude? Nope. Oh. He, um, okay. So I was, it was a very She's small... She's going to carry on telling the story. Okay. I am, yeah. It's a very small corridor. And um, somebody came up behind me and went, excuse me. And I looked. And it was Paul Weller. And I said, oh, thanks. I mean, sorry. Uh, and then he walked past. Oh! Okay. I, I wonder if he down, remembers. No. I once walked down a corridor and said hello to a bloke that I, I kind of vaguely knew and I thought he was a tutor. He was at university. It was only when I got further down. He said yeah, hello back and smiled. Only when I got further down the corridor, I realised it was Jeremy Paxman. OK, we're, we're, we're not that desperate yet. We're not that desperate yet. A woman gave me a hug in a hospital yesterday. Was it Paul Weller? No. Not interested. Okay. Judy Dench. No, it wasn't, wasn't anyone famous. This woman just went, oh, I like you. Can I have a hug? And do you Did she think you were Paul Weller? No, I, I loved it. I said, oh, it's the best thing, best thing I've heard all day. I'd love a hug. She didn't think, well, Paul Weller had nothing to do. Right, please. Justin. No. Oh, boss. Yes. She yes. thought you were Marlon, didn't go, you? Go away, please. Justin. Yes. What have you got? Well, we're talking today about celebrities yes. that uh, you've sat in restaurants with, uh, because I was uh, in a restaurant with the George Michael last night in St Albans. I'm going to slightly change the phone in for you this morning. OK. Based on what's just happened. Uh, a moment ago, I spoke to Mark in Luton, and here's what happened. Now, Mark, you've never actually sat next to anybody famous in a restaurant. However, people have come up to you thinking that you are famous. Tell us why. Uh, because they think that I look like Phil Collins and uh, that makes me laugh really okay thanks very much but uh, I've had to si- end up signing some uh, bits of paper for some people and also f- for some women with uh, a couple of kiss marks on it to make their day so, so even though you've said yeah. to them look I'm not Phil Collins people still believe that you are yeah yeah I get that quite a lot and then, you know you sit with a red face on in the restaurant again and everybody's like looking at you it's like thanks for that that's fantastic <laughs> yeah. though isn't it it's good yeah. fun yeah I just wish I had his money I would be happy but you know so, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, it highlights your day sort of thing, you know. But you know, it's a bit of friendly banter, really. Can you give me ten seconds of two hearts? <laughs> I can't remember the song now. <laughs> okay, what about ten seconds of Susudio? Susudio. Yeah. Uh, God, there's right. a girl that's beyond my mind. Another time, Susudio. Thank you, Phil. Sorry, Mark. Listen, thank you very much. Take care. All the best. Uh, and you have a good day. So there you go. That was Mark. So maybe, Ian, what we should be doing now is, have you been somewhere and people think that you're famous? Yes. That, that we'll, we'll, we'll have some of that. Well, mm. listen, Justin, we'll expand it to anything we can. Yes. Because we're, we're a little bit desperate. You have been snubbed by a celebrity. You, you interviewed them a bit. I bet some of them can be a little bit cold. No. But, you know, when it comes to interviews, most of them, of course, they are there to promote something, be it yeah. uh, a book, a CD or a tour. So they're going to be extra nice to you, I think. I think, you know, some of the unfortunate stories we may hear this morning is when you're seeing yeah. celebrities when they're not trying to sell you something. You think, you think they would be nice when they're trying to sell you something? You tell that to Ray Davis and his people. <laughs> yeah, you, you try and tell that to the former Kinks frontman. Justin, thank you very much. Sean on Facebook says, I was lucky enough to be allowed into the three CR studios one day. I sat next to BBC Introducing's Gary Floyd. He gave me a cupcake. It was the best day of my life. I kept it for weeks until the wife threw it away. It was attracting flies. Great story. Thank you for that, Sean. DJ Dave's in Bedford. Morning, DJ Dave. It's a bit light-eyed this morning, isn't it, Ian? It's great. Well, we, we uh, haven't got any news, Dave. 
There's no news. Nothing. Nothing's happened. Oh, you know, I'm working. I'm working on. I just told Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on a Ian Lee. He can't say milk. My, my throat's pretty sore. It seems to be being an advantage. You know, I'm that's getting... that's that's sometimes what it takes. You have to suffer for your art. I suffer every single day for my art in the fact that I have to work with people I cannot stand. Morning, guys. What was all that? What was going on yesterday, though, Ian? What between you and the girls? Well, like, what? Like you were How did you hear about that? That was private. Oh, the stuff on air? Yeah. Oh, they're just, they're just doing my head in, to be honest, Dave. Yeah, about the, um, you know, um, what, what um, have you ever been somewhere and, and missed missed it and this? And Kelly was kept giving out the number, I think, and then you kept fading her out. And then two callers went live on air, and I thought, you just left them live for about, what, four minutes? I, I thought, is this something really happened or what? And it really got me that day, but I think you uh, just done it for the, for the crack. Uh, let's just say the word, stern words were being said. Um, oh, really? Really? Well, yeah, I don't like to do that on air. Oh. Sometimes people need to be put in their place. I don't think they were pulling their not inconsiderable weight yesterday. Anyway, you're sad about Trigger. Oh, no, and it's sad, mate. What, what a brilliant refined actor. He really, really is. He really is. I mean, he's an institution, you know. I reckon that... Um, who, who was it on Free Candies? That David Jason on their show. Oh, I'll check oh it's uh, Nick, Nick Coffer. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant interview. Yeah, oh. so it was a cracker, wasn't it? It was a crack. Now, now is probably not the time to say this. I've said it before. I never found Fools and Horses funny. But... What? Tr- I know, I think it's a terrible programme. But Trigger was, was the, 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 the... I don't want to say the least unfunny. But was the funniest out of a bad lot in that programme. I, li- I like the joke me, about calling um, Nicholas Lindhurst Dave all the time. Yeah, His name's yeah, Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. Don't call me Dave, but I'm surprised you don't find it funny. You must be the only one on the planet. No, like, mate, I'm oh, not. There's loads really, of people. There's really? You don't find it funny? I think yet. it's awful. Really? That and Forty Towers. You like 40 Towers? No, I don't like 40 Towers. Oh, you... Terrible. Wow. Whoa. Wow, hey. wow, wow. Anyway, got... you, anyway, you've got some London listeners, mate. Why? Who have I got in London? You've got Pam in London listening. Hello, Pam! <laughs> we need... Has she got a Rage Our Diary? Um, Probably not. Yeah. OK, we're not that bothered in that case. Pam, I'm not that bothered, but it's nice to have you on board. If you've got a diary, oh, tick it now. Oh, wait, 459 455. 555 is the telephone number. DJ Dave, thank you very much uh, for that indeed. Uh, lots to talk about. <laughs> Not really. Uh, the colour of Elizabeth Rizzini's curtains. Ever sat next to a celebrity? Ever been mistaken for a celebrity? And after I was Al Jardined, one of the Beach Boys kind of dismissed me. We had a call there from someone who was shooed away by Mickey Rooney. Has someone famous ever given you the cold shoulder? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise, slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Looking at the speed sensors in Chesant, the A10 southbound struggling approaching the M25. Also, the A5 is slow as you go towards the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. In Chawson, we've got the normal delays on the southbound A1 at the Black Cat roundabout. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, dearie me. Thank you very much, Alice. It's 7.30. Let's get the news and sport now. Here's Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
7.30, I'm Jane Killick. Large illuminated, no-entry signs have been put up on the entrance to the Luton and Dunstable busway. It follows complaints that motorists were driving onto the route, which is only for buses. Labour says it will break up some of the main high street banks and create more competition in the market if it wins the next election. In a speech today, Ed Miliband will also say that he'll cap the bank's market share. Members of the public and emergency services in Edinburgh are searching for Mikhail Kular. The three-year-old boy has been missing for more than 24 hours. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and showers, some of them heavy, with a high of 10 Celsius. Under sport and in cricket, England reached 296 for eight, batting first against Australia in their second one-day international in Brisbane. In football, Watford will be without Marco Cazzetti for tomorrow's championship match at Bournemouth. He has a knee injury, which could mean that Fitz Hall keeps his place in defence after impressing in the FA Cup win midweek. When a new manager comes in, everyone's on a clean slate if you want, so they take you as they see you, so hopefully I can impress him from here on out. Because obviously I played in the week. We've got a big squad, so it might be where we was rotating the squad and it might get rotated again for Saturday. So fingers crossed, but I hope I get my chance at what I do. I hope I perform. MK Dons play Bristol City on the road tomorrow. Also in League One, Stevenage will aim to follow up their midweek league win as they welcome Notts County to the Lamex. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers take on local neighbours Oxford. Luton's new loan signing, 18-year-old Norwich midfielder Cameron McGeehan, will be in the Hatters squad for Saturday's home game with Wrexham, along with Crystal Palace teenager Ryan Innes. Hatters boss John Still was asked if there's any interest in his players. Yes, interest. Um, as at the moment, I've not had a player ever mention wanting to go and if there's interest at all. And as a club, you know, I think our stance is quite clear. Our only interest is putting the best players that we can on the pitch. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. There's nothing. There's no news. There's nish. There's nada. There's nout. The only news story we've got today is that an illuminated sign has been put up at the entrance of the busway. That's it. There's nothing else. Now, I'm not saying we're desperate, but if you want to phone up and tell us um, what you're doing today, 08459 455 555. We have got some things. We have got some things. Talking about um, the famous people you've sat next to. And that's expanded into kind of two different directions. Famous people who were rude to you, who, who Al jardine you, gave you the cold shoulder, and also ever been mistaken for someone famous. Now, April's emailed in. When I was married to my ex-husband and we were out in a big town, people used to stop us because they thought he was either Nigel Planer or Midge Ewer, depending on how he wore his hair. Always female, always pushing me out of the way. One of the many reasons why he is an ex-husband. Wow. 08459 555 Steve's in Red Bull. Morning, Steve. Morning, mate. Uh, when she just said uh, the way he wore his hair, did, what, did he have a toupee or something? Well, I, I, it's a normal... Midge, Midge, you're and Neil from The Young Ones, they're, they're, they're two very disparate looks, aren't <laughs> they? Different, like, yeah, I thought, yeah, but it must be, it must have been a week. And why, why do you want to divorce this man? Because people think he's Nigel Planer. That's an odd, that's an odd cause for divorce. <laughs> no, Steve, ever, ever, been, uh, ever had a celebrity be rude to you? Uh, uh, well, um... Not rude to me. What I've done, we were at Ixted show last year, and um, Martin Clunes was hang, handing out the rosettes. Oh, yeah. And he come walking up, and I, look, I said, I call you, and I look a lot bigger than what you are on the telly. 
uh, a lot smaller than what you are on the telly, and he got quite upset about it, I don't know why. Oh. He's, he's, very, he's quite small, really, he's not that big. How tall would you say Clunes is? Um, I, I would have thought he'd have been about five foot six, something like that. No, Clunes, he? Yeah, he's not that wide either, is he? He's very thick. I would, have, I would have thought Clunes, if I'd had to guess, I'd have said 6'1". 5'11 no, shortest. For sure. No, I, was, I, I was stood up beside of him. Well, hang on a minute. How big's everyone else then? Because he towers over them on the telly. Well, so yeah, does Tom they, Cruise. They, they, they must be like, like ants, I'll be honest with you. Because I stood there and I was looking down at him. I'm only, I'm only about 5'10", 5'11". Flipping heck. And he, he took offence at you saying he was a short ass, did he? <laughs> yeah. well, I wonder why. I wonder I, why I, he was I, upset I, by yeah, that. I do upset a lot of people, though, when we ran the shows. Like, judges mainly, like, you know. Well, what, how, what do you do to upset them? Just, just say I they're t- tiny? I t- I t- no, I'll tell them the truth about their judging after. Oh, oh. <laughs> one of those. Steve, thank you very much indeed. Can we find out? Can we get a call in to Clo- or, or Google? Can we get a call into Google and find out how tall Martin Clunes is? Yeah. I can't believe is there five... Is a website for how tall there's, Yes, there's a celebrity height website, which I go on quite a lot. Yeah. Just to compare. Uh, if you'd like to know the celebrities that I'm the same height as, for example, yeah. Judy Garland. Wow. Um, Peggy from EastEnders. Kelly is tiny, by the way. How tall are you? Five one. He's Four six eleven. foot two. Clunes. Yeah, apparently he's six foot two. Wow, Stephen Redborn's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it wasn't Martin Clunes? <laughs> Maybe it was Martin. Do you think it wasn't Martin Clunes? It might have been. Well, I was going to say Kevin Waitley, because he's local, but he's not a short man. Oh, dear. Stephen Redbourne is a liar. Can we, can <laughs> we mark that by his, by his phone number? Just liar. Yes. Put a little red triangle with a liar. Steve, thank you very much indeed for lying to us. Dennis, you're not going to tell us any porky pies, are you? Certainly not. No, what would you like to know? There's a strange effect on your phone, Dennis. I've noticed over the last week that whenever you call up, there's a strange echo. Well, I've, I've got your thing switched off, so it can't be that. I give, don't you, know what gi- it is. give your phone a, give it a smack on the sideboard. Do you hear that? Hello? No, it's, no, it's no good. Okay. All right. Oh, then. Yeah. Are you recording this phone call? Certainly not. Okay. This is bad enough. I'm talking to you in the first place. Oh, dear. Never mind. You said to me, have I ever had anybody who was rude to me? Well, no, you, I, didn't, I didn't. You. You were rude to me. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count. Oh, what do you mean? You were asking for it. No, I wasn't. You 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 made a statement which was totally wrong. Sorry, I mind. Hey, what did I, what did I say that was wrong? The other day when we were talking about the uh, footwear place, I you faded out talking to some Burke down in uh, uh, about the. I think he was talking about gypsies, and you wound up calling me. A, t- a frightened old man. Now what the hell have I got to be frightened about? No, oh, Dennis. If only you knew. No, 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 no. There's nothing that frightens me anymore. Except coming on here. Now then. Miss Rizzini and her lovely uh, room she wants to be here. Uh, I've been curtains up. First of all, tell her, please don't co- co- cover your windows up because you're such a lovely lady. We want to look at you. Oh, that's weird. That's no, weird. You, you, you don't want her to get curtains so you can perv over no, her. No, no, no. I've got a suggestion. The yeah. gentleman who says he's a mural painter, yes. get some curtains, a vertical one. What was his name, Rennet? I don't know. Humperdinck. Norbert. Norbert, that was it. Norbert. Anyway, anyway, the gentleman who's a, a mural painter... Let her fit some curtains which are verticals, which, you know... The, the, verticals? Um, yeah, they're verticals. All they curtains... Swing, they swing what? sideways. When you pull the curtain, they'll let the light in and close. Uh. It could paint a mural on both sides. Oh. Because it'll turn right round. And then she could leave them open as well. We've got them so the light comes straight in. Dennis, no problem. Dennis, yeah. you've got to calm... You're an old man, you've got to calm down. You do yourself a mischief. No, 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 no. But, well, you know, it's... it's 
You've got to live for the day, for God's sake. Dennis, do you want to speak to a liar? A liar? Yeah. No, I don't want to speak to a liar. OK, I will do then. Thank you, Dennis. Stephen Redbourne has called back. What are you banging on about? Well, my brothers are both six foot six and six foot seven, and they were looking down at him and I was looking down at him. Definitely. He was Not six... six Martin Clunes... Listen, and uh, um, we're going to get in touch... He must, be bent, he must be bent over then. We're going to get in touch with Martin Clunes' lawyers, and let's just say ex- <laughs> we'll be giving them your details. <laughs> Martin Clunes is not five foot six, he's six foot two. Well, I'll tell you something, then. He must be a short six foot two. He must be the wrong measure. He's... he's the, uh, internet's, the internet says it's six foot two, Stephen, and the internet would never uh, lie, uh, whereas uh, Stephen Redbourne, I suspect you possibly are a porcupine. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not telling porcupines... And I mean it that the he was short. Are you sure it was Clunes and not yes, um, Martin that, that Martin Freeman bloke? No, Martin Clunes it was. And there goes the chickens. You know, they were screaming. Oh, I think it was Martin Freeman because he's tiny. No, he definitely, definitely was. And as I say, he got right, quite upset when I told him that he, he was shorter than what I thought he should be. Okay, so uh, probably because he wasn't shorter than you thought he should be, he was taller. And you were standing in a ditch. Stephen Redbourne. What, what a... No. Anyway, listen. Uh, I'm very keen here at BBC Three Counties Radio to um, help uh, new talent. Now, obviously, we have the BBC Introducing Show at the weekends with uh, Gary Floyd. Well, we're ke- I'm keen to um, help young talent that's starting out. We've got some great young people uh, working here. Uh, work experience. Ollie, Sophie Solaris, some really talented people. Unfortunately, they're not working on this show anymore. I've been lumbered with Kelly Betts. Hi, mate. Uh, now, Kelly, you've not had a great start in life. <laughs> Thanks. Just saying it as it is. And I want to help give you um, a push. Thank you. In more ways than one. Thanks. Uh, and one of those ways is by getting you more broadcast time. You did a show over Christmas. Did you listen? And th- what I've heard is that, you know, must try harder. So I'm going to help you. And I've given you the opportunity to go out and ask people on the street... Big news stories, big topical news stories to, to show that you've got a little bit more substance to you than, uh, than everybody who works here thinks. So, mm-hmm. what have you been out and done? So, I wanted to meet the people who listen. I wanted to find out more about them, their Excellent. thoughts, their feelings, yeah. their likes, their dislikes. Uh-huh. So, I came up with a question that I thought would um, allow me to get to know them better. Good for you. Well done. Press play. Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio, just out on the streets trying to get some thoughts and feelings of the general public and meeting some of our listeners. Can I ask you a quick question? If you were uh, invisible, what would be the first thing you would do? Probably go to the moon. (laughs) Go to the moon? Yeah. You can do that without being invisible. I don't think so. If you could be invisible, what would be the first thing you would do? Well, if I was at school and we would be learning, I would go home straight away. Or I could play in the playground. I'd go and probably go into those meetings that I can never go into, either with important people or the police or something. I'd like to, you know, spy on people. Definitely. Yeah. Wouldn't everybody? No. I would not... If I was invisible, the last thing I would do would be to go into a meeting. In fact, I would want to be invisible to get out of the meeting. Oh. We're different, aren't we? A little bit. If you were invisible, what's the first thing that you would do? Go and kidnap Johnny Depp. Oh, no! (laughs) I would definitely, like, sneak into a gymnasium and I'd be naked and no-one else would. You don't need to be invisible for that. It'd be more thrilling, though, wouldn't it? Probably follow my daughter to school and see what she gets up to. (gasps) Really? (laughs) If you were invisible, what's the first thing that you would do? Well... I would have to say I would sneak into Ian Lee's bedroom at night and watch him sleep. 
I think he's lovely, and I oh. bet when he's asleep, he's better. Mm, right. Sleeping, Ian. OK, so how many of those people were actually real public? And how many of them were Paul Scoynes, Catherine Ball putting on a terrible Australian accent, <laughs> and you hey. yeah, pretending to be a child? Four were real. One was seven. One was Scoynes. Okay. One was Catherine. Sorry, and, 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 and forget the one that was your brother. OK. So how many were real then? Four. Uh, four. Including the, discounting the one that was your brother. Oh, three. Yeah. Okay. So, but would you like to know what I learnt? Why not? People got very confused by what invisible meant, and they. I think they thought it gave them extra powers, like flying or. Uh, you, okay. If you're invisible, you can't <laughs> kidnap Johnny Depp. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not having that. That was awful. What I want you to. That was awful. Thanks. Okay. Not in a good way. <laughs> My next question, uh, which I can take to the public if you like, is more newsy based. Okay, good. Don't um, tell me. Don't tell me what it is. Okay. It, it's newsy, is it? Yes. That's all I want. It's like just something newsy. It's it's about people's surroundings. Fantastic. Beautiful. They're always in the news. Um, if you were invisible, Ian, what's the first thing you would do? Well, I'd fly to the moon with Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's one of those days today's dear, dear listener. We, we've not got a lot, but we're doing the best we thought we can. Uh, on the text, 81333, starting your text, uh, 3CR. If I see a celebrity, I will let them see I've recognised them and then make to say something, then don't, and leave them hanging. I last got Keith Harris in a car park in Cleethorpes not so long ago, says Phil. Jackie and Hitchin. Uh, I used to work in a pub in Hitchin and Alfie Bass and Foggy out of Last of the Summer Wine used to come in there. Also went to Cast Off Kinks concert in November and Ray Davis turned up and had a photo with him. Wow, you got a photo with Ray Davis? Those things don't happen! Gabby in Welling Garden City. I was in Queensway House in Hatfield waiting for the lift. I turned round and I froze, staring at this bloke. He came over, shook my hand. It was a little Welsh guy. It was Neil Kinnock. Uh, and Peyton Dunstable says, uh, I know you won't be interested, but I keep bumping, not literally, into Jack Wilshire in Harpenden High Street. He's always pleasant and happy to sign autographs. Who's Jack Wilshire? I've got no idea who that is. He's a footballer. Oh, OK, I'm not interested, but thanks very much indeed. Oh, wait, 459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Burnham Beaches, Ship Hill is blocked around the Abbey Park Lane by a lorry that's got stuck trying to turn around. On the speed sensors, things still slow in Chesant on the A10 southbound towards the M25. In Hitchin, the A602 is looking slow towards the centre of town. And the M25 anti-clockwise is struggling between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.45, Friday the 17th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Signs have been put up at the Luton and Dunstable busway to stop motorists driving onto it. Labour wants to break up Britain's high street banks. In cricket, England reached 296 for eight when they batted first in the second one-day international against Australia. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Elizabeth, 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 hold off, on, hold off on the weather for a second. Oh. Because you have prompted debate this morning uh, about the colour of your curtains. Oh, OK. We, yes. we had a muralist 
call, a muralist. A muralist calling called Norbert, who had some, some... He wanted to know a little bit more detail than we could provide. Oh, OK. So, uh, listen, I know you might have to shoot off in a bit, but yes. Norbert, say hello to Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Norbert. Norbert, you had some questions for Elizabeth, and then you were going to tell her the, the colour of curtain she should get. What were your questions? Oh, uh, I thought you were coming with an answer, but questions oh. are... Well, well, one of them was, how many lights is that room getting from the nature? Yes. Oh, what, so natural daylight. Oh, there's a lot of natural daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The walls are grey. The walls are grey. What colour's yeah. the carpet? Uh, the carpet, kind of beige colour. Beige. A bit nondescript. What yeah. type of curtain are you going for? A cheap curtain. Cheap no. curtain. <laughs> wow. A nice curtain. And what colour are what colour are your eyes? It's a bay window. What? Um, <laughs> what your eye? <laughs> no, what no. colour are your eyes? eyes. It... I'm a few seconds behind you. Um, um, uh, brown. Brown. Okay. Just uh, go, Norbert. What, what do you reckon <laughs> on on the strength of that? What do you think? Right. Is, is this uh, lady Elizabeth? Are you uh, brave with colours? Brave. Yeah, very brave. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you then. Uh, one name. It's called Moroccan Sand. Moroccan yeah. Sand. Oh, that doesn't sound very brave, though, Norbert, does it? It is. That's is it, why is I'm it just? Asking. Is it just beige? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is this is a color like um, when the sun sets. Oh wow! Beautiful. In Morocco, what kind okay. of Okay. Now this that's color has nice. got uh, usually about six tones, so you can you can start with that one. And if you get lost, you are free to contact me. Thank you very well, much. Well, Norbert, we'll be passing your details on to Elizabeth. Have we got any time for the weather? Have you got to go? Oh, no, let's do a bit of weather. You, you, do, what you do, do what you can, and then you let us know when you have to go. Cheers, Elizabeth. Well, there's lots of surface water out there, so you need to watch out because we have seen some rain around overnight, particularly towards southern areas of the three counties. But those showers now mostly pulled away, actually. Although you'll still need to take your brolly today because there'll still be further showers around, particularly, I think, as we head into the afternoon. Um, some dry, brighter spells then around at times. Well, lots of dry weather around this morning. Uh, top temperatures up to 8 or 9 degrees Celsius, 48 in Fahrenheit, a fairly brisk southerly to southwesterly wind. There'll be further spells of rain through the evening rush and into this evening and overnight, on and off through the course of the night. Temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees for the weekend. Still some uncertainty regarding the forecast. Looks like Saturday will be wetter and Sunday will be dry, but no big changes into the, in the weather into next week. That's the forecast. Elizabeth, here. you're a good sport. Thank you very much indeed. Moroccan sand. Every Saturday from midday, it's all about the food. It's like a disco on your tongue there. It's fantastic. <laughs> Local chefs showcasing simple, straightforward dishes you can try at home. Well, it's a dish which has been around since the 18th century. I can imagine it hot with ice cream and almost put in an ice cream. That'd be nice. This is a thick, heavy, lovely, cloying, comfort food of a dessert. All mixed in with amazing stories and great music. I'll tell you what, that takes me back to my childhood, that pudding. Mm. That just transported me back to being a kid. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen, Saturdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Big story of the day, an illuminated sign has been set up at the entrance to the Luton to Dunstable busway in an attempt to try and prevent car drivers, lorry drivers and even ambulance drivers from going down there. Well, we're joined now by Jay, the bus driver man. Morning, Jay. Good morning. Is this sign going to have any effect whatsoever? Well, unless you're blind, I'd say it would, because it's massive. You can't miss it. You can see it from two junction up. And even before that, 
thought the signage was quite clear anyway. Well, this is, this is the thing. There are signs there saying car traps, don't go up here, and yet people still are doing it. So I'm, I'm worried that the Muppets will ignore this sign as well. Well, um, I'll give you, for instance, the other day, um, was it two days ago, I was just coming down the busway, and I stopped uh, at the delivery van going up there. If I was two seconds earlier, he would have been going to Dunstable on the uh, busway. Uh, Why are yeah. people doing it, Jay? I reckon they're just trying to take a shortcut to be quite honest with you. They want to go in the traffic. Oh, for goodness sake. So they think it's, it's a certain, handy little it's back route. It's certain times of the day. If you look at a certain times of the day when it happens, it's when the most traffic's on the road. Can I read you something on Facebook, Jay? Because you're a bus driver. Okay. This, and I'm not accusing you of this, but as a bus driver, I'd like to get your opinion. This is from Penny. Uh, Penny says, Ian, uh, an idea for a topic for you. First one is compassion. Uh, does compassion... Does, uh, does anyone care anymore? Uh, this came about after experiencing an asthma attack after getting on a bus and the driver said, you should have got to the stop earlier. The point being, I was unable to catch my breath when I left home and I walked slowly to the bus because I had an important uh, medical appointment so I had to go. No one on the bus asked if I was OK. Is it just we don't notice things in society or choose to ignore them? If someone was having an asthma attack on your bus, Jay, what would you do? I'd pull over. If it was brought to my attention, I'd pull over and see if they needed medical help. Is that, are you kind of given training in that sort of thing, if, if uh, something like that happens? Uh, back in the day when I was training, yeah. yeah if you have to, one of the bus companies I used to work for, you go on a customer care course. So it, it tells you all different scenarios and stuff like that. So but whether the, the training in this day and age, the news up up right now, whether you do then, I don't know. But, uh, and also so as a passenger, if, you, if I saw someone struggling to breathe on a bus, at the very least I go, you are right? Is everything OK? You're fine? OK, well, just, just asking. You'd have to do that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I had a, I had a woman a, few, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, she got on the bus with a baby and... Uh, she burst into burst into tears, and I, I couldn't I couldn't pull away from the bus stop because I wouldn't know I wasn't out with her. So I'm, I'm, the bus is running late now, and uh, it's basically she had the baby blues. Obviously, she had she had yeah. a baby, she had the baby blues, and as I say, I, I couldn't pull away because of that. I had to make sure she's all right. Well, good for you, Jay. Thank you very much for that. If you saw someone struggling to breathe, or if someone in tears, <clears throat> uh, it's a tough one. It's a, g- a girl in tears, it's a tough one. I think I would probably, when I was younger, I would struggle. Now as a 40-year-old man, I think I could quite calmly go, are you all right? Okay, thank you. Straight. I think what I would do is I would meet her eyes and see if she wanted to talk about it. Yeah. You know, if you kind of do a sympathetic look. Well, I've seen your sympathetic look. It's terrifying. <laughs> really often very No, that's the, um, the, that's the Paddington Bear hard stare. Oh, gosh. I think you'd have to. Kelly, if you were crying on a bus, mm. would you want me to come up and see if you're all right? Not you, but other people. OK. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Uh, investigators have begun the process of trying to establish what caused a massive warehouse to be burnt to the ground in Newport Pagnell. Around 60 firefighters were needed to bring the blaze under control at the Liebherr building on Rennie Park Road on Wednesday. We can speak now to Douglas McCall, a Liberal Democrat Milton Keynes councillor for the Newport Pagnell South Ward. Morning, Douglas. Morning. Are the remains of the warehouse still smouldering? Um, let me just look out the window. No. <laughs> Are you that close? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, fantastic. So you, you, you saw what happened the other night, the other afternoon then? Um, yes. Of course, I'm, you know, less than 100 yards away. Right. Um, I was there right away. Um, 
I got to it as the building was still being evacuated. Um, and obviously there was a lot of distressed workers coming out, some ladies in tears. Um, but my question is, you know, why did the building go up so quickly? Um, the fire spread extremely quickly. And in effect, the fire brigade were on the scene very, very quickly. But basically, the building was lost by the time they got there. Mm. So I think there has to be questions asked about, um, you know, why did the building go up so quickly? Um, if, if a building, if a factory has got um, contents which is so inflammable, shouldn't have spring, sprinkler systems. Mm. Um, I'm assuming they don't because the building burnt to the ground very quickly. Um, so I suppose that, that concerns me, that we, we can have buildings with very inflammable materials um, which uh, don't seem to have adequate fire um, prevention uh, measures. Who does those investigations? The Environment Agency? I guess the Fire Brigade do an investigation well, as well. The Fire Brigade will do an investigation. Um, nobody was hurt, so some, um, health and safety won't be involved. Um, the next morning... Um, Environment Agency and Anglo Water were on scene. Uh, I spoke to them. They were there really about dealing with the, the file um, water, um, the contaminated water um, going into the sewage system, etc. That's what their concern huh. was. Um, but that's another issue. If um, there are fridges in there which have all sorts of various chemicals in them, so that's all going up into the atmosphere and also into the water system um, because there wasn't an adequate um, fire prevention system to put the fire out. So there are lots of questions about um, you know, the design of buildings and whether buildings which have very inflammable contents should be allowed to have those without a sprinkler system. Are you personally concerned about the, the potential of uh, contamination to the water supply? Are you drinking water from your taps? I am now. We lost our water supply. Um, obviously, when they were fighting the, water, the, the fire, the fire brigade, of course, used the water from the hydrants, so all the local houses lost their water. So we, we, when they, the day they were fighting the fire, we lost our water, um, which is understandable, and everybody understood, and nobody sort of um, complained. Um, the next morning, it, the, you know, the pressure wasn't up to full um, normal sort of standards, but it quickly, you know, it returned after a few hours. But um, the other concern, I'm, I, I'm, as I say, I'm so close to the building, I can literally look out the window and see the building. The, the, the build, all these um, warehouses are so close to residential properties, just separated by one, you know, narrow, normal, road, single carriage road. Um, should we be building houses this close to factories? Mm. Is another question. You know, if the wind had been blowing in the other direction, the, a whole row of residential houses would have been at risk. Um, so that's concern as well. Um, so I think from my perspective as a councillor, um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned whether we are, as a, a planning authority, building houses too close to, to industrial buildings. And I'll be taking that up on the council. Um, but I think it would need probably legislation to force um, people to have sprinklers in the buildings but i think it's worth being looked at definitely douglas thank you very much indeed that's um douglas mccall liberal democrat milton Keynes councillor for the newport pagnell south ward thank you very much indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call eight one three double three start your text uh 3cr uh, we're talking uh, about celebrities ever sat next to one ever had one be rude to you
Ever had one do what I like to call, uh, um, ever been Al Jardined? That's where I met one of the Beach Boys. He wasn't that happy for me to have recognised him. I thought, flipping it, Mr Jardine. I'll have the several thousand pounds I've put in your back pocket. Back to me, please, if you don't mind. 08459 555 555 is the uh, telephone number. Um... Um, oh, yeah. There's an email here. Let me do this email in a second. Let's get the travel first. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Burnham Beaches, Ship Hill is blocked around Abbey Park Lane by a lorry that's got stuck trying to turn around. And on the speed sensors heading towards Bedford Town Centre, the Bromham Road is very slow moving. The M25 anti-clockwise struggling between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And on public transport, East Midlands trains have delays of up to 25 minutes between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. I've had a cracking email here from Julian Williams in Milton Keynes. Hi, Ian. I was going to text to ask if Justin could come and see me in Milton Keynes. Unfortunately, my credit has run out. If I could meet him, that would be amazing. Wow, that, isn't that nice? Someone thinks it would be amazing to meet, meet Justin Dealey. Isn't that incredible? Where is he? Milton Keynes. Justin, off you go. <laughs> Where you go, fella? Not a lot happening today. The big story is there's an illuminated sign has been put up at the entrance to the Luton and Dunstable busway. That's it. If you've got anything for us, and I mean anything, do give me a call. Please. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, motorists who drive on the Luton to Dunstable busway face a fine of £1,000. An overnight search in Edinburgh fails to find missing three-year-old boy and the last Japanese soldier to surrender from the Second World War has died. BBC Three Counties Radio. After many reports of cars and lorries driving onto the Luton and Dunstable busway, illuminated signs have been erected to say it's no entry. There are car traps on the route, which means if vehicles drive on there by mistake, it causes disruption for the buses. Lindsay Frostick from bus company Arriva says she's surprised anyone made the mistake of driving on there in the first place. Even if you make the initial turn, the road ahead of you is not a road. A, it's a different colour, it's not black. It clearly is very thin and there is clearly quite a lot of signage there which even if you didn't understand what every single element means, you could read the word car trap. The police and members of the public have been searching through the night for a three-year-old boy who's been missing from his home in Edinburgh for more than 24 hours. Mikhail Kular was last seen when his mother put him to bed on Wednesday night. Detectives say they have no evidence of any criminality and there are no suspects. This morning, Superintendent Liz McCainch made this appeal to the public. We are very open-minded. We follow all lines of inquiry that are available to us. But please help us with that search. Check your local premises, check your gardens, check your sheds, check your cars, check anywhere where a wee three-year-old who um, may have been out and about would find some shelter. The Labour leader, Ed Miliband, is promising to break up Britain's high street banks if he wins the next election. He'll say a Labour government would create at least two so-called challenger banks by forcing the big five to sell off branches. There would also be a cap on the size of banks. 
The government is expected to announce further help for local authorities with repairing damage from the recent storms. Councils say the heavy rain and strong winds have left a daunting trail of destruction. They estimate repairs will exceed £400 million. The remains of a warehouse which burnt to the ground in Newport Pagnell are still smouldering this morning. Investigators are trying to establish what caused the fire at the Lieber building. Philip Harris, who lives right next to the site, says it'll be some time before things are back to normal. There's a pretty acrid smell coming from what's left. There is like a, a, a dead, wet, damp fire smell that you can uh, that fills the air at the moment. It's not too bad as long as we keep the windows um, closed and it doesn't filter into the house. The last Japanese soldier to surrender after the end of the Second World War has died in Tokyo, aged 91. Still wearing his uniform, Lieutenant Hiru Onoda was persuaded to leave the Philippine jungle by his former commanding officer in 1974. He was welcomed back to Japan as a hero. And in cricket, England reached 296 for eight, batting first against Australia in their second one-day international in Brisbane. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy and prolonged. A high today of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Jane. I love that Japanese soldier. He was in the jungle in the Philippines until 1974, killing Filipinos. I don't love him for that bit. He thought World War II was still going on in 1974 and he wouldn't stop because his orders had been, don't surrender, you must never surrender. So they had to fly out his colonel from the Japanese army to go out there and give him new orders. Isn't that incredible? It is. He's determined, he's principled. It's the Japanese. still fighting. There's the Japanese for you. Morning, lots coming up on the show this morning. Oh no, hang on. Not much coming up on the show this morning. We've got one story for you. One story for you. And it's not Kelly Betts' Paul Weller story. An illuminated sign by Luton to Dunstable Busway to stop cars driving up there. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. We're out. We're spent. Nothing's happened in beds, hearts and bucks in the last 24 hours. Or has it? If something has happened to you in Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire... Or Bucks. I don't know what Bucks is short for. Then give me a call. 08459 455 555. Big, small, indifferent. We don't care. We've just got 55 and a half minutes to fill and we'll take it. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Texts 81333, start your text 3CR, or give me a call 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We're kind of talking celebrities. After Justin Dealey had um, breakfast with George Michael, um, ever sat next to a celebrity, ever been mistaken for a celebrity, ever been uh, snubbed by a celebrity, Mark's emailed him. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. I was once in the Battle Axes pub in Watford with my wife when someone kept pointing at me at the bar. They thought I was Gary Olsen from 2.4 Children. They asked for an autograph. I gave it. The guy had died the year earlier. Plus, I also get mistaken for Dr Fox, Gary Barlow when he was fatty, and Barney Rubble. Well, there you go. There you go, you see. Now, wait, 459 455 555. Um, some text, Julia from Hemel. Eight years ago, my husband and I were on the underground going home after seeing a theatre show, when at the next station, Roger Lloyd Pack, Trigger, 
got on the train with a younger guy and they sat opposite me on the train. They'd obviously been doing a show as they were both reading scripts. I so wanted to speak to him but felt shy so didn't. We did smile at each other though. He seemed like a nice guy. Uh, my dad got mistaken uh, once for Ken Livingstone when he was leader of the GLC in the 80s. Ken, not my dad. He never lived it down. My dad, not Ken. Phil Mitchell, says Chris in St Albans, came into the shop I was working in near the East Enders Studios and asked for the cheapest engine oil available for his Bentley. It was two ninety nine a gallon. And one Christmas, Ian Be- Beale dropped a bottle of car polish on the floor and walked off. Spillage in aisle number nine. Thank you very much indeed. Well, on to the big story, on to the only story we have on today's show. A massive illuminated uh, sign warning motorists not to use the Luton to Dunstable busway has been put up by the Borough Council. It follows incidents where drivers have been directed on the, to the busway by their sat-nav or where people are just really stupid. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, is near one of the signs at the new Bedford Road entrance to the busway. Good morning to you, Justin. Hello, Ian. I can see the sign. It is big. It is illuminated. It says busway no entry. Uh, That goes along with the other signs. But, Ian, the thing is, all the bus drivers this morning are saying to me that that still, even now, four months on after this busway opened, that that still motorists are driving down the busway. We heard reports of, uh, of a lorry down the busway on Wednesday. Uh, a moment ago, I spoke to Tony. He's a bus driver. And I said to him, why do you think motorists are still doing this? Here's what he had to say. Stupidity, isn't it? The sat house maybe, I don't know. But you turn the corner, you can see it's not a normal road. And uh, they still carry on. This new illuminated sign, that should make a difference now because there can be no excuses, surely. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's big enough. The only problem with that is if they blink, because it, it does flash... Mm. And it goes off for a second or so, but if, they, if they're looking the other way and it's off, they may not see that. But hopefully it, it shouldn't come to that. Interesting point there from Tony, saying that it does flash. Uh, that goes with the other signs, uh, which say traffic enforcement cameras, uh, guided busway, no entry, and also, of course, uh, car trap signs as well. Joining me live now is Councillor Dave Taylor from Lucenborough Council. Dave, you said the signs were sufficient, so why have we got this new illuminated sign here? Good morning, yes. Um, there have been quite a few incursions onto the busway by cars. Um, the reasons why they're doing that I do not know because it's adequately signed uh, and you'd probably ask, have to ask some of the drivers who drive on the busway in their cars. So what, if it's adequately signed then why this new sign? Well we found um, studying where most of the incursions are taking place and that's the junction with New Bedford Road and the busway. Um, we believe looking at the CTV they're coming from the interchange and go straight across uh, so we've, we've uh, put that sign up this week for a month's trial at additional cost um, to try and stop people going up there. Because all the bus drivers are saying to me here, this is happening every single day, reports of lorries, even an ambulance using that busway. So you think now, with this new illuminated sign here on New Bedford Road, there really can be no excuses for anybody who thinks they can drive down this busway? None at all. I mean, you've seen the sign yourself. It's quite large and it flashes. You know, busway, no entry. Um, so if they ignore that... Um, then they ignore it at their peril because then they'll go down to the car traps. You've been open now for four months, the busway. Uh, the fines, if people are to drive down that route, mm. how much will they be fined? There's a maximum of up to £1,000. Uh, um, but it's not a question of fining people. We rather they didn't do it. So we're trying to help them not to go onto there. 
Um, so really, it's, it's not public highway, so you can't get an ordinary ticket because we have to go through the court system and, and, and prosecute them that way. So if this is happening all the time, you must have fined loads of people in those four months? Uh, no, we haven't fined anybody yet. It's not a case of fining people, we just rather they didn't do it. It's, 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 a, it's about two or three a week, uh, which is two or three a week. Uh, too many going onto the busway. But if you got tough, surely that would solve the problem? Well, I think we're getting pretty tough now because of uh, the amount of vehicles that are being damaged in the car traps. Talk to me about these car traps, because some people, again, think that they can drive down. There is a, a shortcut for them. If they are to do that, what's going to happen to their car? Yeah, it's quite a clever device, actually. Um, it allows uh, wi wi wider vehicles to go through, such as buses, um, but cars with, with a, a shorter wheelbase, um, they get caught in the traps. Drivers, are they stupid? Um, they don't seem to have a lot of common sense, put it that way. Uh, they make the excuse, oh, the sat-nav took them down there, but we've checked all the databases, uh, a sat-nav won't take you down there. OK, so you think everything is now firmly in place, so nobody should be driving down the busway? Well, we're keeping our fingers crossed this sign will do the job, uh, and hopefully the bus services carry on as normal, because there was a, a, a passenger emailed me this week that said that the bus had to divert off the busway because there was a car on it uh, stuck in the car traps. So that had to divert off the busway, go up Hatter's Way and come back on Chorland Lane at another 15 minutes of the journey time. That's not what it's about. OK, just lastly, um, in four months the busway has been open. Uh, looks quite busy this morning. Has it been successful? Yeah, it's been very successful and I, I think people have, have realised the, the benefits um, of, of, of faster public transport when you look at the, you know, 11 minutes from, from Dunstable Town Centre to the interchange where we are now um, and it doesn't take long to see those benefits um, and, you know, when we get the, uh, uh, the figures um, for, for a year, I think there'll be a massive increase in, in public patronage on the busway. OK, the message is don't do it. Um, put these headphones on. Uh, Ian, uh, Councillor Dave Taylor's here. Uh, he can hear you. Uh, not only is he talking about busways this morning, but uh, he has a celebrity story. You're talking about celebrities that uh, you dime with. Um, Dave's got a celebrity story, Ooh. Ian. Go on, Dave. Who Go you on, got? Dave. Is it as impressive as, as, as Justin well, having breakfast well, with George Michael? I, I, I used to be a, um, a driver for Hallmark and doing some VIPs, so there, there, was, there were quite a few VIPs but one uh, embarrassing one for me was I got to pick up this this young lady and take her to Gatwick uh -oh. uh, and went to the apartment in London pressed the bell she came down and I says I've come to take you to Gatwick and uh, so she got in the car and I says to her look I've seen you I've you know I recognize your face but I can't put a name to it she says oh I'm Danny Minogue oh so. <laughs> Danny Minogue oh, she I was said, I said, I've heard of you. Yes. She was my, was my schoolboy crush for about a week. Yes. Uh, yes. Listen, uh, Dave, thank you for that excellent stuff. 08459 455 555. Danny Minogue. Yep. Diane is in Luton. Morning, Diane. Good morning. Now, I'm not saying we're desperate, but normally your call wouldn't have made it through the uh, high <laughs> security system. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it personally. No, I won't. What have you got for us this morning? Well, it seems rather a trivial thing, but um, at the local fish, fish and chip shop, they got their prices for their chips from one fifty to two pound fifty. Oh, a bag of chips right oh, now. Yeah, go down a yeah. tray. Pickled egg. Lovely. Oh, sweet. But the thing is, when you're on your own or there's just two of you, one pound fifties worth of chips is far too much. Yep. You land up wasting them. So yep. I did ask the young lady when I ordered what I was ordering, could I have a pound's worth of chips? Well, the other week she did give me a pound's worth of chips. Ooh, when I went in this week... Bartering in the chippy, I like it, yeah. yes. No, when I went in this week, she said, no, we don't do it. And that was the end of... Say, same woman? 
Yes. Did you not say, oi, hang on a second, I love? Did, I told her. I, I said, well, you let me have them last the other week, but she just said, no, we don't do a pound for the chip. Well, in these, in these uh, tough economic times, mm. Uh, mm. and when also we're also in, being encouraged to, to eat less food, yeah. you think that a chippy would be... <laughs> How often do you go in there, Diane? Well, well, well once every three weeks. Just oh. now, it's a little, it's a little treat, a little treat. and I. We have a nice bit of fish. And, and is, it pro- is it proper... Chip shop chips, big fat chips, greasy chips. Oh, they're lovely. Yeah. I mean, they they serve them lovely, and I mean, yeah. I've got no complaints about oh. that. It's just that I can't understand. Now, there's a chap who lives near me. He's on his own. If he, well, he has got chips, and he said to me, he says, Diane, I just can't eat all these. And that's when I first went and said, well, can I have a pound worth of chips? I thought, well, it's worth asking. At one time, she gave me them. You, can you not now, get together with this other fella and, and share his chips? <laughs> He's my neighbour, but it's, it's just... I, I can't understand why they can't accommodate, especially if they're pensioners and they're on their own. Yeah, yeah. You don't need all that. How it's big... Just, how big... The £1.50 chips, uh, how big uh, How big is it? It's quite big. I mean, for my, my husband and I, and I can get another person easy out of that. Easier. With some over. I mean, they do give you a lot. And, and I'm not complaining about the quality or anything. No, good and chips. It's lovely. But it's just that... If I wanted a pound with the chips, why? I mean, I can't see what hardship it can be to them because they've just got less than what they give me and charge me a pound. I is, don't understand. And it's chip shops in Luton, is it? Yes, yes uh, it's over the road from me. And uh, I mean, right. I, I just wondered if other chip shops were the same. I know it's not an important thing, Ian, but no, it's Diane, just, listen, I, I asked for people to call in with their stories, and I appreciate the fact that you did, Diane. Thank you very much indeed. Well, if you've uh, been to a chippy Reese or oh, a bag of chips, I know what I'm having for my supper, Kath. Oh. Oh, a bag of chips. Proper chips. Not from the the Chinese chip shop. Not from the kebab shop. British chips. Our Chinese chip, he does really good chips. Not too wet. No, I want want fat British chips. I'm sorry, gentlemen from the Orient and from from the Middle East. Yes, I welcome your restaurants. I'm glad you're over here. But you will not be stealing business away from British chip shops. None of that. <laughs> Although if everywhere else is shut. Yeah, then of course you go for the Chinese with a bit of uh, sweet and sour sauce on top. That is good. Uh, 08459 455 555. It's a dilemma. It's a dilemma. What would you do? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Burnham Beaches, Ship Hill is blocked around Abbey Park Lane by a lorry that was trying to turn around there. On the speed sensors, Chesant looking really slow, the A10 southbound struggling towards the M25. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise is heavy between 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. On public transport, East Midlands trains have delays of up to 40 minutes with possible cancellations between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. We're all thinking of chip shop chips. Too much salt and vinegar. I'm having a pickled egg and some mushy peas. I like the mushy peas. 8.16, it's Friday the 17th of January. I'm Ian Lee, and I like the mushy peas. Motorists face a fine of up to £1,000 if they drive onto the Luton to Dunstable busway. Overnight searches in Edinburgh have failed to find a three-year-old missing boy for more than 24 hours. In cricket, England achieved 300 for eight in their second one-day international against Australia. Well done, you guys. The weather today, sunny spells and scattered showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Afternoon, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage, Wickham, Luton, and Bedford are all in action. Can we go to finish? Yes, he can! Across the goalkeeper and in for Dean Bowditch! 
which means we'll offer you live commentary from the Championship, League One and the Conference. And Stevenage have got breathing space. It's Benson with the second. With reports and updates from League Two and the British and Irish Cup. Great effort, great goal. Stunning, stunning football. Referee has awarded the try. And it's Bedford Blues who draw first blood. Hear your local team with Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Talking about smells. <laughs> and I don't know if JBS is is using a double bluff psychology on me. You've no, no, I'm not. No, I've come in and it smells uh, slightly of kind of perfume, eau de toilette, aftershave. See, Quite nice. I'm having a problem I haven't had for a few years. What's that? Sweaty right armpit. Oh my! It's God. only the right armpit that, that is like a, a why, shower. Why can I not just come in here, and make just an everyday comment that it smells nice in here? Um, now all of a sudden, I'm finding out about your leaking armpit. The right one. I used to sweat a lot, not so much now. But uh, anyway, it got us talking to you saying that if I, if I stank, if you smelt horrible. You couldn't tell me. Well, I'm not sure. I think it'd be awkward, wouldn't it? I mean, how would I phrase it? If I came in here every day and it stank, what would I say? I don't think you could do it in that few seconds we have before we come on air. No. Because that, would, that would, would be awkward. I think if it was infringing upon you, mm-hmm. you would be well within your rights to um, take me aside. I'd prefer it done personally, not over an email. <laughs> just to say, can I have a quick private chat with you? <laughs> just, um, just think... I just thought I should let you know. And I... And, and, yeah, but you've stopped at the crucial bit. What do you say? You stink of... <laughs> I don't know how you'd phrase it. Now, first of all, this is my, the emotions I would go through. I would be embarrassed. Right. I would be uncomfortable. And that would probably then be deflected into anger. Anger, yes. Anger. But later on, I think, I hope I'm uh, developed enough, uh, enough as a human being, as a spirit, mm. to apologise for being angry and to thank you for being... Uh, for Thanks taking, for telling me I stink. Thank you for telling me. Because it's a loving thing that you're saying. You're, yes. you're trying to improve someone. It is, I think it is. I, I think it's a nice thing you're saying. Yes. It's a difficult thing to say. Yes. I used to work at another radio station and there was someone there who stank. Did to, you tell him? No. Ah. I didn't. To the point of air fresheners would be used once he left the room. Right. And we all talked. It was embarrassing. We all knew about it. We all talked about it. And um, someone was nom- His line manager, whatever that means, was kind of nominated to go and do it. To have the, the smelly chat. To have the smelly chat. Oh, gosh. Why can't people smell it themselves, for goodness sake? Well, I guess you become immune to it. Or you think... Well, who's that um, fish called Wanda? Kevin Klein. He thought it was manly, didn't he? Really? Yeah, he would... Ugh. It's not manly, it's disgusting. We can do... Listen, we, we are, we've <clears throat> had nothing this morning. We've got one story. <laughs> Why don't you do smells? What, this is what we're going to do. Last 40 right. minutes, we've had one story about a blooming illuminated bus sign. Right. Really? Um, so, smells. If you've, if you've had a smelly colleague at work, how did you deal with that situation? 08459 555 Call me now. I think I just make comments like, poor, isn't it whiffy in here? <laughs> worse really yes but then you're not directly saying oh and it's you well it's only me and you sat in this room well i'd say something like oh who was in here last night roberto Sm- well so you're saying roberto stinks no huh? roberto always smells very nice actually have you ever got close to him given him a sniff he, he very, won't let me very pungent he won't let me for legal reasons uh. i would think you're talking about <laughs> Catherine then who does let's be honest stink <laughs> she can't hear me can she Catherine, you, can't, <laughs> you can that's awkward oh but at least God. it's out of the open now don't bring me in on this. I do not smell. Jonathan said you did. No, I did not. So rude, isn't he? That's why they love him. That's why the old dears love you. Now, That's why the old dears love you? 
Look, coming up on my big phone yes. this morning at nine, he says, moving on. Does increasing the minimum wage sound like a good idea to you? George Osborne, the Chancellor, has called for a significant rise in the minimum wage to compensate low-income workers for the economic crisis. He says pushing up wages will make sure the recovery pays. Cynics argue it's simply a move to win over Labour voters. Minimum wage, it's currently £6.31 an hour. But the Chancellor wants that to rise to £7 by 2015. Well, this will be good news for some, but employers' groups like the Institute of Directors have told the BBC higher wages Mm. could force businesses to lay off staff. And let's not also forget the other side to all of this. If you're running a small... Let's say you're running a cafe and you employ someone who works in that cafe to serve your staff and you're paying them minimum wage, if suddenly you've got to pay your staff more, mm. where are you going to get that money from? Chances are you're going to put your prices up yep. so the customers end up having to pay the increase. Well, the Chancellor says we as a country can afford it, but do you think he's right? Does increasing the minimum wage sound like a good idea to you? I want your views, your experiences on 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in at nine. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, dearie me, dearie me. He's a good sport, JVS, isn't he? Just, just think at any point he could say, do you know what, I'm not going in there anymore. I don't have to deal with that nonsense. I'm a professional broadcaster. Irene's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Irene. Good morning, Ian. Are you Irene or Irene? Irene. I. Oh, good night, Irene. What what have you got for us? I'll give you a good night. Ooh. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, but that's not the song, though, is it? Um, no, I've had enough of that. <laughs> Go on then. What have you got for us? Um, yeah, about people that are not uh, celebrities that are not very nice when yes. you meet. Oh them. yeah. Go on. Um, when I was in London, we went to a concert at the Fairfield Hall. Croydon. Oh, oh I, I've I've been to concerts at the Fairfield Hall. Nice building. Yeah, beautiful. And it was a 60s um, revival, and Joe Brown, we had tickets to meet him after the show, yeah. stage door. Oh, yeah. Everybody else was nice, and he, he pushed everybody away and said, come on, come on, I've got to get home. Oh. And slammed his car door on us. What, lo- lovely Joe Brown? Yes, he's nasty. Oh. He's nasty. Oh, I remember. So, so is Freddie, was Freddie, Freddie of the Dreamers. What did Freddie and the, Freddie and Freddie and the Dreamers do? He he was as rude as well. Oh no! But I'll tell you who was nice. Yeah. And that is um, when I worked I worked at Lloyd's and um, coming home, we're going to Charing Cross Station. Um, Don Winter Davis and Don Stell. Oh, lovely coming, boy! They were going to do the show. Yeah. Now I've hot man. Oh yeah. And they stopped to chat to us. And because um, I had some uniform on, and they said, "Oh, I've seen you in Lloyd's," because oh. we do used to have oh. a lot of stars come in there. Fantastic! And he was really nice, and I met a lot of your three counties. Oh, they're awful, people. aren't they? I'm really no, sorry. I love Jonathan. Oh, oh, that's oh, a, yes. He's a nice fella, isn't he? And I like Justin. Uh, yeah, you love Jonathan. You like Justin. Who do you dislike? Um, no, don't answer that. Don't answer it. Don't, don't. It's not fair. I tell you, who, <laughs> I, I tell you who I met was nice. Pardon? I tell you who I met, who was delightful. Who's that? Bernard Breslaw. Oh, yes, yes. Bernard Breslaw. I met him outside a theatre, and I got all I had was a record. It wasn't a record of his, and I got him to sign it. Yeah. And uh, as he walked off down the street, me and my friend, we started applauding, just as as he walked down the street. Yeah. And suddenly, everyone on the street, it was beautiful, everyone on the street turned and looked at us, 
saw that we were reporting Bernard Blez- Breslau, the whole street just applauded him as he walked yeah, down the street. He, he was nice. Wasn't I mean, he nice? A gentle giant. You get to be celebrities by by people liking you yep. and enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I so I, I know. Well, Irene, listen, lovely. It's a great story. Thank you, and thank you for reminding me of my Bernard Breslau story. I got him to sign a Frank Sidebottom record. That's all I had, and it was wonderful. The whole street applauded him as he walked down the street because he just meant. Well, what does Bernard Breslau mean to us? Just uh, nostalgia, niceness. Good actor, Bernard Breslau. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Morning. Oh, I've just remembered something. Yeah, you're bad, and you're. Hey. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers. We're not anymore, are we? <laughs> I forgot. We forgot to play it. I promise you've been listening yes. to it on Spotify. We yes. for- Hang on. How- hang on. Hang on a second. Yeah. How-, we ha- how about a little bit of this? Lady. Lady. Oh, Do you want to yeah. sing along, Matt? I'm your yeah. Actually, we were singing with the words. Yesterday. We were to see Margaret in, in hospital. Oh, she's not very well, is she? She's gone she, to hospital. The bad chest infection. Oh, she's bless her. And we were singing this lady, me and my daughter. Because we were talking about you. Oh, dear. And dear. I said, he's bringing daytime friends and nighttime lovers in. So, uh, I'm, I, feel, I feel terrible. Hang on, how about this? How about this? Your lips and Ruby, are you doing? Ruby, are you okay, here we go. Oh, Dolly, you be, you can be Dolly then, all right? All right, you be Kenny, I'll be Dolly. Okay. Baby, when I met you, there was peace. Yeah, sing the words then, Matt. I can't remember the blasted words. So what the, come on. Yeah, but you got the body to do, Dolly. I'm going to be Dolly, you be Kenny. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Well, that did something to me that I can't explain. Hold me tight and then I feel no pain. Every beat of my heart, this could be the start of the real thing. Come on, come on, Matt. Tender love is we need there's no complication we ride it together uh-uh. uh-uh you ready making love with each other uh-uh here we go islands in the stream that is what we are nothing in between how can we go wrong sail away with me to another world we can lie with each other uh-uh. <laughs> From one lover to another uh-uh. Brilliant you are Matt, oh, am I forgiven? Brilliant, brilliant From brilliant. one lover to another, Matt Thank you very much indeed Travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Burnham Beach's Ship Hill is blocked around Abbey Park Lane by a broken down lorry. In St Albans, London Road is heavy heading towards the centre of town between Milehouse Lane and the High Street. Also in Buckingham, the A421 heading west is slow at the A413. 
On public transport, East Midlands trains have delays of up to 40 minutes with cancellations possible between Bedford and St Pancras. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Just a quick update on Bernard Breslau. Jonathan Vernon-Smith has messaged me. Bernard Breslau's favourite Chinese was Chef Peking in Harpenden. I used to see him in there on a Friday evening often. Oh, I miss Bernard Breslau. Do you know who he is, Kelly? No. No, no idea? What did he do? Oh, dearie. The, the youth of today. Go on, what did he do? Sit! 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 Means nothing. Oh, dear. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. Motorists face a fine of up to £1,000 for driving onto the Luton to Dunstable busway. Large illuminated no-entry signs have been put up on the entrance. Police in Edinburgh say they're optimistic about finding a three-year-old boy who's been missing from his home for more than 24 hours. At a news briefing this morning, detectives said they have no evidence of criminality and no suspects. Labour says it will break up some of the main high street banks and create more competition in the market if it wins the next election. In a speech today, Ed Miliband will also say that he'll cap the bank's market share. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and showers, some of them heavy, with high of 10 Celsius. Under sport and in cricket, in Brisbane, England have managed a healthy score in their second one-day international against Australia. England's total was revised to 300 for eight after Joss Butler's six was reinstated. Australia require 301 to win. In football, Watford will be without Marco Cazzetti for tomorrow's championship match at Bournemouth. He has a knee injury, which could mean that Fitzhall keeps his place in defence after impressing in the FA Cup win midweek. When a new manager comes in, everyone's on a clean slate, if you want, so they take you as they see you, so hopefully I can impress him from here on out. Because obviously I played in the week. We've got a big squad, so it might be where we was rotating the squad and it might get rotated again for Saturday, so fingers crossed, but I um, hope I get my chance, and when I do, I hope I perform. MK Dons play Bristol City on the road tomorrow. The Robins are second from bottom of League One. MK Dons manager Carl Robinson doesn't understand why. I did predict them myself. Also, Sam stayed fit. They'll be a, a team to be reckoned with. They've still got some wonderful players. Mm. They've spent millions and millions of pounds. They're, the players know that they've not started great, and it's been it's hard to get out of a rut, as we well know. And they've got some good lads as well who want to work hard and want to sort of compete. And it's just for whatever reason, they've just not been able to fall right for them. Also in League One, Stevenage will aim to follow up their midweek league win as they welcome Notts County to the Lamex. In League Two, Wickham Wanderers take on local neighbours Oxford. At Luton's new loan signing, 18-year-old Norwich midfielder Cameron McGeehan will be in the Hatters squad for Saturday's home game with Wrexham, along with Crystal Palace teenager Ryan Innes. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Counties Radio. Listen, if you've just tuned in, uh, you know, we've not had a lot. We've had one story today, one news story. The story being there's a new sign by the busway. That's it. Okay. That would normally be like a third story. On a slow day, a second, it's the lead story, it's all we've got. So, we've padded out the show. Let's make no bones about it. We can't hide this fact, we've padded it out. And some of the things we've talked about have um, included Elizabeth Rizzini's curtains, ever ever sat next to a celebrity, ever been snubbed by a celebrity, or mistaken for a celebrity. We also got to talking about chips. 
We spoke to one young lady who said that £1.50 bag of chips at her local chippy was too big for her. She always ended up throwing chips away. Her neighbour felt the same. So she went in a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, can I have a pound of chips? As in monetary pound. Shop served it to her. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Went back last week. No, we don't do that. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. It got me thinking about chips. A fancy bag of chips. Some mushy peas. I like the mushy peas. And a pickled egg. Well, Bill in Milton Keynes. Bill in Milton Keynes has misunderstood what an egg is. Ian, listen to this. This is the, this is the, we've had Kelly who doesn't know who Bernard Breslau is. Shoot! Shoot! Uh, is this something that he does then? Shoot! Well, he did. He's in the carry-ons, he was a big fella, but he had a surprisingly high voice. Shoot! Shoot! We're, we're going to go see some girls, Sid. Anyway, Bill doesn't understand what an egg is. Does anybody want to educate Bill? Ian, I thought you were a veggie. Yet you've just announced to the world that a bag of chips and a pickled egg would be nice. An egg is the unborn child of a sentient being. That makes you an egg murderer. Do you want to tell him or shall I? Go on. An egg is a chicken's period. Oh. Sorry, parents, if you're on the school run. Do what my, do what my mum did when uh, my sister um, was a young child and she said to my dad, Dad, what's a period? And my mum yelled down the stairs, She means sunny periods on the weather forecast! <laughs> Got my dad out of that little scrape. But that's what it is. It's not, it's not an unborn hen. It's, it's an unfertilised thing, basically, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Bill, I accept your apology. Paul's in Welling. Morning, Paul. Morning, Paul, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What can I do for you? Well, it's a chips thing, actually, because I can't eat a full portion of chips, and I don't like throwing away food, so I asked my chippy if I could have half a portion of chips. And, and does they, he do it? They do it. Yeah, they do it for me. What, the, the, what chippy do you go to, Paul? Oh, well, it's a, a nice little chippy in Stevenage. Beautiful. And are they proper yeah. fat English chips? Yeah, they are. And actually, do, do you eat them? Do you eat them from the chippy, then? Uh, go on. The, the, the animal fat, go on. <laughs> go on, Paul, go on. Well, I knew you were a veggie, or, yes. or pretending to be, so I thought I'd, I'd ask you that question. Let's just know? say my toe is dipping in and out of that water. <laughs> but, but, oh, what do, you, what do you get with your chips, Paul? What, what, what uh, extra additions do you have? Oh, I might have a, a, a chicken and mushroom pie, or I might have a bit of fish. Uh, it varies. Do you like the mushy peas and the pickled egg? No, no, oh. no, don't do pickled eggs. Oh, mate. No. Oh, it's wonderful. Nah. And nah. far too much vinegar and salt as well. I don't have salt. Oh, Paul, I've gone right or off Or vinegar. Oh, like what? The, the way it works is a uh, load of vinegar, bit of salt, and then some more vinegar. That's how you're supposed to do it. Nah, nah. A bit of pepper. Paul, are you some, some, some Frenchman or something? Get out of here, for goodness sake. Um, oh, news! We've got some news! Trains on the Thameslink line have been disrupted in both directions this morning. We actually have some calls in to First Capital Connect, and as soon as they know the latest, they're going to let us know. OK, they're unable to get through Hendon Station because of damage to overhead power lines. First Capital Connects is warning passengers to expect problems in the afternoon. Why? OK, we've got it now. Shame it couldn't have happened an hour ago. Lynn's in Hazelmere. Morning, Lynn. Morning, Ian. Go on, tell, what's your, what do you want to say? Well, um... We have um, quite a lot of elderly residents and we have quizzes and what have you and yeah. evenings. And I order fish and chips um, in High Wycombe and they're delivered. And I order pensioners' portions. Oh. 
and they're three pound for the fish and the chips. Oh, or three fifty. Can't remember now. But uh, it's it's a little bit smaller, is it? Much smaller. Ideal for an older person or somebody that's not terribly hungry. Yeah. And um, nice sized portion. They arrive nice and hot. And um, lovely. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming if you were to go into that chip shop, it wouldn't say on the sign, pensioners' portions. It's kind of a, a little thing you have to ask for. Yes, but I'm sure if that nice lady who had too many chips went in and said, could I have a pensioners' oh. portion, I'm sure they would do it for it's her. It's a bit mean of them, isn't it? Not yeah. to do it, you know, if, they're, if they're, their smallest bag is pound fifty, and it's too much for this young lady to eat, to, for them not to just do a pound bag, it seems a bit tight, doesn't it? It seems very mean. And have you decided to be vegetarian now, then, or are you going to eat meat? Oh, Lynn, I don't, I don't know. I'm st- <laughs> it's really hard. I was vegetarian for about 20 years. Yeah. I'm not now. What, t- t- what changed? What, what happened? Um, when I was, uh, when my son was quite little, yeah. um, I did half the week nursing, and the other half I did nannying for a, a friend of mine. Yeah. And um, Gareth, my son, came running out, he could get to the fridge, and he kept going in the fridge grabbing handfuls of ham. And I felt terrible. I thought, oh, my God, what kind of mother am I? He's really enjoying that, you know, and he was just shouting, yum, 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 you know, and he was eating the ham. And um, it got very difficult then trying to be uh, vegetarian properly, my husband and I, yeah. um, and trying to feed my son and everything. And I got my knickers in the right twist about, oh, I can't use that pan, it's had meat. And in the end, I just thought, Do you know what, I'm going to try some meat. And we did, and that was it. My uh, eldest had a massive strop a couple of months ago because I wouldn't eat ham. He went berserk. <laughs> it's odd he's not really no he's not noticed yet that I don't really eat meat. Well, I don't eat meat. He's not picked up on it yet, and he's constantly offering me chicken. Uh, he was asking the other day, Daddy, why? I, I, so I don't drink alcohol. He said, Daddy, why don't you drink that spicy drink that Mama likes? I said, What spicy drink? You know that red spicy drink? Do you mean wine? Yes, I do. How much is Mama drinking when Daddy's not here, young man? Tell me that, <laughs> Lynn. It's a tough one. I'm I'm still thinking about it, but thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. If you w- want to give us a call, uh, David is in Milton Keynes. Morning, David. 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 How are you? Oh, there. You- Hello, David. What can I do for you? Uh, well, you talk about celebrities. Yes. Right. Um, well, the before I took out of retirement, well, I'm retired now. I uh, used to test water for angling water, and I um, knocked a house in Mersley, just outside Milton Keynes, and um, uh, this chap said to me, oh, would you like a cup of tea, sort of thing. I thought, thank you very much, and found out it was David Tomlinson. Now, who's David Tomlinson? Well, you watch Mary Poppins, don't you? Oh, Mr Banks! Yes, and... Oh, sir! Bedknobs and broomsticks. Yo! He was very nice. He um, lived in Mersley. Um, he had an um, MCC dicky bow tie on. Um, he was very nice. Another chap uh, I've been to and I went backstage. Hey, did you, sorry, year. just to go back to Mr Banks, did you say to him, flip it out, you're Mr Banks? No, I didn't. I, I was embarrassed because he, he, he said, uh, I, I miss, uh, his name, because I have to have his name and address sort of thing, yeah. and he said, David Tomlinson, the David Tomlinson. <laughs> and I thought, the way he said it, I thought, do, do I ask for his autograph? Because he seemed a bit pretentious then. What a plum. Another chap, uh, I went backstage a couple of times, I've been backstage in Milton Keynes Theatre last year, with a chap called Paul Carrick. Oh, the singer? 
Yes. He, he, he lives in the um, Three Counties area. Oh, he's, I, I think he's popped. I think he may have been on Justin's show. David, I have to stop you there because it says on my screen, breaking news with three exclamation marks. That means it's big. Gavin with the breaking news. Gavin, what have you got for us? Well, I've got some seriously breaking news for you. Yes, Today, live, live from the M1, it is running incredibly smoothly. There's barely anything on it. So if anybody wants to drive, get on the M1. It's brilliant. Where, where, what, what junctions are we talking about, Gavin? Or, or is it the whole M1 as far as you can tell? The whole M1, especially around Luton. It's like three lanes of gorgeous tarmac. So wow. it's a great day to drive. You've got to get to work. Gavin, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. BBC Three Counties Radio, first for news. The M1 is looking fine. I suggest if you want to go on it. Well, uh, if you want to go on it, maybe wait 40 minutes. Go on it from about half past nine. Please. And it's not just because I'll be using it to dash down to that there London, OK? It's not because of that. It's just a recommendation. Should we have a look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yeah, why not? Oh, no, hang on a second. We've got a... Uh, talking about smelly colleagues. Let's see who we've got. Uh, who's this? Jane! Hello, Ian. Hello, Jane in Aylesbury. Uh, uh, were, were you smelly? Did someone tell you you stank? No, not me. Not you, no. No. Oh. No, I worked... Um, I worked with a lady... In a um, staff, staff canteen, and she smells of dried urine. Of what? Dried urine. Dried urine? Yes. Wowzers, that's, um, uh, that's a smell, isn't it? Uh, yeah. uh, what did you say? Did you mention it? No, no, you <laughs> can mention it. It's just you just put up with it. You just. No, but in a can in a canteen, you yeah. don't have to put up with it. I know. I, some, I think somebody must have said somebody, we all sort of gang together and said, who's going to say it? <laughs> and did anyone mention it in the end, or did you just in- endure it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, dear. Um, it's one of those things. It, it, it's a tough one. I, I couldn't have done it a few years ago. Yeah. I'd like to think I would be able to do it. Because by telling someone, it is kind of a caring thing yes. to tell them. Yes, you've got your own interests, because you don't want to work with someone who stinks a wee-wee. Yeah. But also, it, you, you're, you're hopefully helping save you're saving them from further embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, true. So it's a nice thing yeah. to do. <laughs> but I was, I was only about 17 at the time. Oh, so. oh well, when, you're, when you're a kid, you can't really do those things. You haven't got the life skills. No, just no. Things. You want to talk about Mr Banks from Mary Poppins as well, David Tomlinson. Yeah. My mum um, was working in the cash and carry in Aylesbury, and Mr Tomlinson, this David, David Tomlinson used to come in quite a lot. Yes. I think his sister or his uh, mother has a, a corner shop and they used to buy the stock from Mum's warehouse. It wasn't her warehouse, but where she worked. A cash and carry in Aylesbury. I, I'm assuming he's dead now. He must have died a while yes, ago. I think he did. Yeah. I think he has, yeah. Jane, thank you very much for that. 08459 455 555. When did you see or meet David Tomlinson, Mr Banks? I, I know... Yes, you may have heard me dropping one or two of the straws I was clutching just then. I can only apologize. We've only got one story today. And that story is that a sign has been put up by a busway. Nothing has happened in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Or, prove me wrong, 08459 455 555. What's happened to you in the last 24 hours? Now's your time to come on the air and tell me. Excuse me, it's a quarter to nine or thereabouts. It's Friday, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Starting on public transport, East Midlands trains have service suspended between Bedford and St Pancras. Disruptions expected until 1 o'clock this afternoon. On the roads, Milton Keynes, Denby Road, um, the main service road that is to the industrial estate, has been closed at 3rd Avenue because of an accident. On the speed sensors, the A5 looking slow in both directions as you pass Dunstable, and the M25 anti-clockwise struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. 8.45, Friday the 17th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Trains on the Thameslink line from Bedford and Luton to St Pancras have been disrupted in both directions this morning. Motorists face a fine of up to £1,000 if they drive onto the Luton to Dunstable busway. In cricket, England managed 300 for eight in their second one-day international against Australia. I've got a complaint about this. Peter says, I hate to be picky, but I find nothing more boring than listening to endless reams of pointless football scores being read out and people saying how wonderful they were despite losing. But if you're going to cover an ongoing cricket match, is it too much to ask that you might look up where the other team have got so far? For the record, there's just been a wicket and the Aussies are on 70 for three. Peter, I hope that makes things better. Let's go and get the latest weather now from Moroccan Sands curtain-buying lady Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. I'm so looking forward to seeing my Moroccan sand curtains. It just sounds like such a divine colour. Doesn't it sound wonderful? I know, it really does. Unlike the weather, the weather is not wonderful, not today, not for the next couple of days either. There's quite a lot of surface water, particularly towards southern areas where we've seen some heavy rain overnight. There will be further showers around at times too, I dare say, today, so don't forget your brolly. But lots of dry, brighter spells as well. There will be a bit of brightness here and there, perhaps even a few spells of sunshine, but just always watch out for some showers here and there through the rest of the day. Top temperatures today up to 9 degrees, 48 in Fahrenheit. Yes, it's still mild. A little bit of a brisk southerly to southwesterly wind at times. Now, into this evening's rush hour, you will want to watch out for further rain, particularly towards southern areas of the three counties and other systems stretching up from the south. So there will be spells of wet weather on and off through the course of the night. Temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees. Tomorrow, again, some wet weather on and off, really. A little bit of uncertainty regarding the forecast here, but it does look like there will be some further showers. Sunday will be the drier, brighter day of the two. That's the forecast. On Facebook, Celebrities You Met, Maria Brown says, <laughs> My parents sat next to Bruce Willis and Demi Moore once when they went to see their daughter perform at the theatre school my sister worked at in the US. I myself walked past Ian Beale from EastEnders in the Hatfield Galleria. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, was, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a doughboard suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Claire's from Watford. Morning, Claire. Hello, morning. You've got some proper travel news for us. What have you spotted? Yeah, I'm on Hennessy Road, heading towards Watford Town Centre in Hertfordshire, um, and it's not moving. It's completely gridlocked from the Hunton Bridge roundabout oh. all the way through to the town centre. Oh, blimey. So are you, are you stationary? I am, yes. How and long, I have been for the last 25 minutes. Oh, no, that's so frustrating, isn't it? 
Yeah, so the M1 is lovely and clear because everybody's stuck on empty <laughs> roads. This is the problem. <laughs> they've all gone that way. Avoid that. Pl- well, just give us exactly where you are again, Claire, so we know where, to, where not to go. It's on Hempstead Road between the Hunton Bridge Roundabout and Watford Town Centre, heading towards the town centre. Well, Claire, listen, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much and the best of luck. I hope you get moving soon. It's an- I tell you what the thing I find very frustrating. This happens a lot on the motorway. You'll be stuck in traffic for ages. Ages. Not moving, slowly. Moving, stopping, moving, stopping. You'll have had this just. Moving, stopping, stopping. Moving, stopping, moving, stopping, stopping, moving. Stop, move. And then... Suddenly, you, the traffic clears, and there's nothing there. Oh, do you know what? You get that all the what, time. What is that about? Is it, was it, was it a dog run onto the road? Is it a ghost? What's happening there? A technical term, sheer waste of traffic. Oh. That's what it is. That's why on the M25, um, they've put those speed restrictions in, the, uh, the average speed. So what that tries to do is keep everything flowing. That's why they have those signs up. Driving in this morning, and on the M... Uh, was it? No, it's the M1, maybe. Anyway, uh, the sign flashed up. Warning, um, uh, congestion ahead, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Then the next side said it was the cross, meaning it was gone, it was finished. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing there. Do you know, we, we, we get complaints about this all the time. Um, those signs, uh, the people who look after those signs are based up in Birmingham, and nine times out of ten, they're incorrect. It's so frustrating. Well, we've had them on, and they say, no, 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 it's not incorrect. We are monitoring very, very closely. Yes. We never get it wrong. Well, hang on a second. The motorway's 70 miles an hour. Why are you saying 40 or yeah. 60 miles an hour for such huge sections? And there's nothing on the motorway at all. It's weird. Anyway, Justin, listen. Mm. We have made uh, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. No, not quite a silk purse. We've made a, a, a towel in flannel out of a sow's ear this morning. We've had one story, a sign on yeah. a bus route. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Ian, you've pulled it off. You're a genius Sorry? at work. You are underrated. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, well, we've, 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 just, we've got another nine minutes to go. Yeah. Jane Garvey, the host of Woman's Hour, Women's Hour, Woman's Hour on Radio 4, mm. has retweeted... Uh, my tweet saying we've got no stories today. Yeah. That's killed my chances of getting back in with Radio 4. Thanks, Jane. Oh, nice one, Jane. Yeah. But we've managed to pad it out a little bit with your story of who you had breakfast with. Yes, it was uh, last night, actually. It oh, was supper. dinner. It was dinner. Supper. Yeah, supper. Um, I was in St Albans having uh, a meal, as you do, and uh, in walks one of my heroes, George Michael. And he walked past me, sat down at the table next to me in his tight leather jacket and his trendy Chardays, and uh, he sat down and had dinner, the George Michael. So you've had some great stories this morning. Well... No, you have. You we, have. We, a few. I was upset by the Joe Brown story earlier. I know. Yeah. I, I like to think he had a bad headache or, you know, yeah. bad day for Joe. You know, in my experience, Joe Brown is a really nice guy. Yep. But um, I've taken this one to the streets. I've been asking people um, about the celebrities that they've been sitting in restaurants with. Here's what people had to say. Alan, you've been in a restaurant before and one of your heroes has walked in. Tell us more about it. Just in there having a drink, Manchester, Brian Robson walks in. Or I name my son after. Yeah, Mrs. wasn't very happy. <laughs> so, a big Manchester United fan, you've named your son after Brian Robson. So, did you go and talk to him? Uh, no, I didn't want him to invade his privacy while I was eating. You must have been tempted, though. Yeah, I'd like to have got his autograph, but my mate's got it for me at another time. I wasn't worried. Ashley, not yourself, but uh, your friends have been in a restaurant with Frank Bruno. Did they go and talk to him? No, they didn't, no. No, they said they could hear him laughing, and that was good enough for them. Leanne, this is fantastic. You were in a restaurant and the Hoff was in there and also Pamela Anderson 
Where exactly were you? In Miami. In Miami, they were filming um, scenes for the last series of Baywatch that they're in together. And when you saw them, how did it make you feel? It was quite a shock, really, but then when they asked us to all move out of the restaurant because they need to do private filming. You got moved out of the restaurant whilst eating for them? Yeah. yeah. Who do they think they are? <laughs> Celebrities. Yeah, but off the back of that, you must have actually probably gone off them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. Nigel, who's the most famous celebrity that you've seen in a restaurant? Rowan Atkinson. How far away were you from him? About as close as I am to you. A bit too close for comfort, that. Spoke to him, yeah. What was he like? Nice gentleman, yes. Very nice. Can you give me a quick Mr Bean impression? No. Come on. <laughs> Come on, do Mr Bean. I don't do Mr Bean. Karen, not a restaurant, but a gun shop. Mm. Wow. Uh, who was in this gun shop? Vinnie Jones. Did you talk to him? Uh, no, not really, no. I think I was just a bit in awe, in awe of seeing a celebrity. So. In awe or, or scared? Yeah. No, not scared. I don't think he'd have done anything, bless him. <laughs> what were you doing in a gun shop? You seem so normal. Not for me, for my for my other half, for my hubby. Yeah. Just, uh, he, he does clay pigeon shooting okay. and uh, he was in there with a, he was in there with a friend that my husband knew. Well, it's just reminded me um, that uh, my mother-in-law has a huge crush, Justin, mm. on uh, Clive Owen. Right. And when I used to live in North London, Clive Owen lived... We lived in the area. And he, occasionally you'd see him walking around. I remember I, I was out with my mother-in-law, and she just and she's a very loud Greek woman. I wouldn't say obnoxious. <laughs> uh, but she, she just stopped in her truck. She stopped talking, and I knew something was up. I said, what's wrong? She went, yeah. I won't do the accent. It's Clive Owen. It's quite, and she couldn't believe it. I said, go, go and say hello to him. Oh, she, yeah. she couldn't. She just followed him around for a bit. But then a few weeks later, my wife was out, was out with my son, who was three at the time. And it, Clive Owen was in this, this bar where my wife was, this, this restaurant. And she, and she never does this. She said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, Mr Owen, but can I have a picture of you with my son, please? And so we've got this great picture of Clive Owen oh, with brilliant. his arm around my little boy. The, the, the boy hasn't got a clue it is and it looks completely nonplussed. Uh, with, with, uh, with Clive Owen, it's fantastic. That's the great thing, isn't it? You know, when you, when you meet somebody who you look up to, uh, Clive Owen, tall guy anyway, but so, you know, when you look up to somebody and you meet them and they're really, really nice, you know, that just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. By the way, uh, Julian and Milton Keynes want you to go and visit him. Uh, yeah, I saw that on Facebook. Can I ask why? Uh, I've been here before with, with Dennis and Dunstable. Yeah. I went to his house in December. It was a, a very, very scary experience. Yeah. So uh, why does he want me to go to Milton Keynes? He sent me an email. Ian, I was going to text to ask if Justin could come and see me in Milton Keynes. Unfortunately, my credit has run out. The only reason he gives is if I could meet him, that would be amazing. Now, Julian, <laughs> oh, it wouldn't on. be. But, you know, J-Dog, are you going to pop round there after the show? Uh, no. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, oh, Justin, very quickly, who's mm. on your show tomorrow? Do we know? Uh, yes, we have uh, Top Topham from the Yardbirds. Oh. Um, he was on Nick's show yesterday. Tomorrow, he's picking his favourite musical memories. And uh, also on the programme tomorrow, we are going back to the 1970s for our Golden Oldie rundown. Requests as well. Three hours of great songs and great memories. Nine until midday tomorrow morning on BBC Three Counties. Justin, excellent stuff indeed. Thank you. Bill's in Hemel. Morning, Bill. Good morning. Bill, what can I do for you? Well, I've just, um, well, uh, it's my 65th birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Bill. Yes, I'm celebrating it at the moment in my front room with a nice cup of tea. Beautiful. Listen, there's nothing better than a cup of tea on on your birthday. I, I thoroughly approve of that. Well done. Have you got anything nice planned for the day? Oh, I haven't got a thing yet. I uh, um, Whispers, whispers, and that's about all I've got at the moment. Oh, is, it, is someone arranging a little surprise for you? You then? never, never know. I don't know what's happening. Oh. I might have all my gang, which is all my family, they might come round. I don't Good. know yet. I haven't got a clue. Good for you. But, well, I hope uh, they do. Yeah, there's one little thing. You know you say about meeting people? Yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah, there was one of your callers said they met Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones. Yeah, well, I uh, I live in Hemel Hempstead, and I was, uh, this is about 20 years ago, I was down in uh, a pub. Can I mention the name of the pub? Sure, why not? Yeah, it's the White Hart down in the old town. Yep. Yeah, and I went in there with a couple of friends, and uh, Vinnie Jones and uh, a couple of his friends came in, oh. and... Uh, and bought us all a, a drink each. Oh, and, did he? Because um, when I met Vinnie Jones, he was a um, uh, miserable so-and-so. No, he was brilliant. Well, well, I probably had a few of the old berries probably before that he met Mike, us, Bill, Listen, I've got to move on because I want to squeeze in one more caller. Have a fantastic 65th birthday. Hope lots of nice things happen to you. Peter's in Berkhamsted. Peter. Hello there. Very important phone call. What have you got for us? Yeah, we've got a thing buzzing around the town at the moment that uh, a poor bear's been left in the local hospice shop what? in Berkhamsted. A bear? And a bear, a teddy bear. A teddy bear, thank you. And, and um, he's got a note round his neck saying, how long will I have to wait for my friend to come back and pick me up? I miss you. It's oh. obviously buzzing all around the local... Um, Free Facebook sites and all the other ones, and also um, is at the hospice shop, which is the Return to Glory shop in Berkhampstead. And to describe this teddy bear to us, Peter. Well, it looks like it's sort of pink, but gone sort of a bit scruffy. But he looks nice. They're the best sitting, ones. He's, he's sitting there smiling at everybody, and it's there's a picture on, on the Facebook site, on the Berkhampstead site, and everything else. Okay, so if anybody knows who that t- teddy bear belongs to, they can pop into the shop. But will they, will they need to bring proof? Or that, well, how will you know that it's not just some chancer who wants a free teddy bear? Well, I, I, uh, he'd probably know the name of the bear, and the bear will probably answer to the name as well, there so that's go. how they'll know. That's a good, Peter, excellently done. Thank you very much indeed. Well, look at that. Doesn't it just go to show that um, with, with very little, you can actually deliver very, very little? Really? That's, that's what we've managed to do. I really enjoyed it today. Well, I know, you weren't one sweating your... I've loved it. I've spoke to so many callers today. It's been brilliant. Did you know Peter in Warmer Green was in Saving Private Ryan? What a fact! What a fact to end the show on. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On public transport, East Midlands trains have service suspended between Bedford and St Pancras. On the roads in Milton Keynes, Denby Road, which is the main service road to the industrial estate, is closed at 3rd Avenue because of an accident. In Tame, the Aylesbury Road, slow heading southbound at Kingsley Road. And in Brickettwood, there are queues on the north orbital at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Alice. Excellent stuff and a good sport as always. That's it, that's your lot. Well done to everybody who took part. We literally, literally couldn't have done the show without you this morning. A whole show about a sign at a busway, really? Thank you very much indeed. Don't forget the new podcast will be up. We're about to record the links now. That'll be up about lunchtime today and probably on iTunes tomorrow. Jonathan's up next until Monday at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's nine o'clock, and on this morning's big phone-in, does increasing the minimum wage sound like a good idea to you? George Osborne, the Chancellor, has called for a significant...